This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Let's do this. Another afternoon edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us. Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus back at the CTO's desk. And uh, we got a lot to talk about coming out of last night's game. What an absolutely bananas contest between the Winnipeg Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. A dozen goals, a blown four-goal lead, a four-goal win, and uh, and a lot coming out of the game, especially with what happened at the end involving uh, Montreal's public enemy number one, Mark Shifley. Um, so we're going to talk about it with Jamie Thomas. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press is going to join us. And then coming up later on in the program, talk a little bit about the Manitoba Moose. And I'm very much looking forward to bringing in Jeff Malott, who set the internet on fire with his walk-off shootout winner uh, against the Chicago Wolves on Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a great show. We will focus mostly on the Winnipeg Jets, who are off today. Be back at practice tomorrow. And then coming off two straight wins, a massive tilt. Their final opportunity to make up some ground head-to-head against the Dallas Stars. That game is Friday night at Canada Life Center. Uh, a big shout out and thank you to the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day. We couldn't do without you and incredibly appreciate the support. Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, our betting partner over at Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, and our friends downtown at F Apparel. Uh, a memorable game, both pregame during the game and uh, some interesting stuff post game to get to uh, let's get it going and get michael remus in here uh remo what's going on man <laughs> let's go everyone hit the thumbs up let's go we're fired to subscribe be subscribe yeah. <laughs> hit that red subscribe button come on we're pumped to be here happy wednesday right <laughs> Oh man, what a what a night it was last night. That was wild. One of your greatest one of your greatest entrances in uh, in WST history. I don't think there's any other way I could have entered uh, <laughs> after a night like that. I mean, sorry. Uh, I think didn't the over under hit in the first period or was it the second? Yeah, you know and why that is. You know who it? had the under on that game from the lock shop yesterday? You did. This guy. This guy. <laughs> I was just laughing. But the stone cold lock of the century of the week, the Blue Jackets, and yeah. Line A's 20th goal happened. I see Mitch is already doing a <clears throat> touchdown dance in the uh, in the chat. Shout out to mm-hmm. Mitch. I know the Jets Pope. Um, many listeners, both of the Lock Shop and Winnipeg Sports Talk, jumped on that line of the year. Patrick Line over 19 and a half goals. We said in the summer, dude scores 20 goals in his sleep. Um, so, anyways, we've got. Uh, some change probably was a tough day at cool bet hq thanks to our winnipeg sports talk and that lock shop listeners yeah. but that was a nice little side story um it was all about what happened last night remo and yes i did take the under that one was over quickly but i still can't get over what an absolutely bizarre hockey game that was and um no better example of it than what happened in the first period with the jets jumping out to a four nothing lead on six shots early in the game, then not registering another shot for the rest of the period and finding themselves tied 4-3 and then, uh, sorry, down uh, up 4-3 and then early in the second tied 4-4. Listen, they got it done after that and Connor Hellebuck really steadied his game after a very, very tough first half of the game for for Helly. 
but the bottom line is we said it all day yesterday. There's a lot of stories around this game. You know, we can talk about Shifley. We can talk about what happened in the playoffs last year. First and foremost, this was about getting two points, and uh, it wasn't pretty at times. It was a hell of a lot of fun to be in the building for, though. Uh, the fans left happy, and uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, keep their playoff hopes alive for the time being, heading into this huge game against Dallas on Friday. Yeah, well, I mean, what a start it was. The Hoosley male choir singing the Ukrainian anthem and Canadian anthem completely moving. And then you have how many, five minutes into the game, Evgeny Svechnikov. Uh, puts the Jets on the board. That line has been clicking with Connor and Dubois, and the goals kept coming. Um, you know, someone mentioned jobber goalies uh, in the you know in the chat that we talked about uh, previously. I'm not going to call Montebo a jobber, but some of the goals, um, <laughs> you know, maybe he would like to have back. Nate Schmidt sneaked one through his pads uh, from the point, and he's I mean he's quietly uh, putting up a, a quality season in terms of points. Adam Lowry. I mean, he's been on a tear. He's got, I think he's got four, he's got seven goals in the year now, four of them in the last week and a half. So we talked about, you know, secondary scoring and Mark Shifley, uh, you know, enemy number one, as you said, uh, scoring his mm. first in the in the first period, four nothing. You're like, okay, great. This is going to be a route. And then, um, I mean, there were a lot of penalties. Seems like every little, <laughs> like, slash on the hands was getting called. And um, there was, it was the Josh Anderson show. He scored two. Terry Lekkinen and he tied it up. I mean, it was with all the penalties and the goals, it was, uh, and the anthem, it was a wild night, entertaining stuff. And yeah, in the background, you had the Shifley uh, versus Montreal, which uh, came to a head in the third uh, before the end of the game. But one of the more entertaining nights, almost, it wasn't full, but it seemed more full uh, than recent games. Uh, at, yeah, uh, no, no, da- no doubt about that. Hey, a quick uh, shout out to Lynn Reimer in the chat. Lynn says, uh, being off on work on medical leave has its upside. I get to watch the show. Looking forward to all the guests in chat. Lynn, hope you're uh, doing well and great to have you with us. And uh, yeah, of course, thanks to everyone that's joining us here on YouTube. If you haven't already, we joked about it at the start, but definitely hit that red subscribe button. And uh, if you haven't already, hit the thumbs up. And a big shout out to our friends listening on the podcast too. I should mention this. I always forget at the beginning of the program. If you do have the opportunity to uh, go on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and a little review, it greatly helps us grow the channel. Thank you in advance for your support. Um, Kate, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this game, um, but I mean, for the last couple of days, we've been talking about it and what this moment was going to be like at the beginning of the game um, when the Hoosley Men's Chorus did the uh, did the Canadian anthem and the Ukrainian anthem and um, my God, they did not disappoint. I, you know, aside from everything going on in the world, I mean, in 11 years of Winnipeg Jets hockey, there's the Hoosley anthem, and then there's everybody else. I mean, it is truly one of the great anthems in all of sports, if you ask me. But holy smokes, was that powerful last night in the building. You could, uh, well, you couldn't hear a pin drop because the uh, the music was so incredible and the singing. Um, but that was something that we've seen broadcast around the world, uh, all the sports channels. It was everywhere on social media last night, as we s- expected yesterday. Um, but I mean, I think people will remember a lot of the fireworks at the game and what a bizarre game it was. But first and foremost, I think people remember the uh, incredible show of support for the Ukrainian community here in Winnipeg, as well as the country of Ukraine and what they're going through by the fans in the building and the incredible rendition of the anthems last night. Oh, 100%. I don't know how you wouldn't be moved uh, by that. And always an incredible performance. And I think the numbers speak for themselves. Murat Atesh, 
wrote about the Hoosley effect at the Athletics, saying the Jets are seven and zero in games where the Hoosley you in the regular season in the right in the right yeah in the regular season that's right I mean absolutely incredible record um you, you saw the emotion you know fans uh with signs you know jet logo in yellow and uh and the Ukrainian blue uh fans with uh, you know hockey jerseys it was pretty incredible to see and you know the reaction as well uh on social media too so it was yeah an incredible uh, moment to start the game that you know, really I think ramped up uh the emotion in the building early on yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm sure you have seen it already. If you haven't, um, I actually had a nice perch for the uh, for it and um, tweeted out a video of about 40 seconds. I couldn't believe how great the sound was, to be honest, on that video. So check it out on my Twitter, at Hustlerama. Maybe we'll pop it up on the uh, sport, Winnipeg Sports Talk um, socials as well. Um, and again, it's pretty much out there. If you go onto the internet, um, uh, Hoosley, and you should give them a follow as well, by the way, at H-O-O-S-L-I, Hoosley. I think sometimes I've been pronouncing it Hoosley, but uh, yes, Hoosley. And, uh, you know, I'll give a special shout out to Mike LeBay, a pal of mine that uh, used to work with Bound at True North uh, back in the day, is a member of the chorus. And I sent him a DM last night just saying, you know, what a great job that uh, he and the guys had done. And um, he said, thanks, probably my most memorable anthem ever. And can't imagine that that will be changing anytime soon. So, um, you know, it was unfortunate circumstances as why that was taking place. Uh, but man, it certainly kicked off uh, great. And, and right off the bat, Remus, I mean, it didn't take long for the Winnipeg Jets to get into it. I mean, somewhat ironically, I guess, the lone Russian player in the Winnipeg Jets, Evgeny Svechnikov, scored right off the bat. Uh, but, I mean, it was just an absolute onslaught early. I mean, uh, the uh, Montreal goaltender could not make a save. Um, it was 4 nothing, And then I, I still don't really understand what happened in that in that first period. It was almost as if they thought, okay, well, the game's over or Montreal's going to um, just fall away. They certainly didn't. And the Jets did nothing for the remainder of that first period. And all of a sudden, it's 4-3. And I don't know. I think maybe I'm at a point where I've sort of put myself at peace with the season, knowing how hard of a task it's going to be to make the playoffs. So there was somewhat of a, a a morbid humor to what had happened, especially and then you know with the game being tied up. But I'll tell you what, Connor Hellebuck made the play of the game, um, stopping Rem Picklick on that penalty shot, and it seemed like that really lifted up the spirits of the club. And man, Andrew Cop made a difference in his return to the lineup, scoring shortly thereafterwards. The Jets regained their lead, and uh, from then on, I mean, they really took it to Montreal. Yeah, I think Andrew Kopp uh, coming back to the lineup, huge impact. I think it really gave them three pretty solid lines. At least, you know, they're going with the pairs, the what Shifley, Wheeler, uh, the Connor, Dubois, and then Kopp, Lauer. And you saw them on the penalty kill as well. And Andrew Kopp, you know, he's on the power play, sees the goalies out of position, uh, fires one the far side. And after that, the Jets really took off in terms of goal scoring. I don't know what happened. I was having major flashbacks to Friday night. When they blew the four nothing lead, I mean four nothing lead against Montreal, you should be able to squash that one pretty good. I know people were thinking about the Red Wings Leafs game on Saturday, which had, was really high scoring. But I mean, full credit for the Jets uh, to the Jets for staying with it. I mean, they were getting outshot at that point too, and you were kind of getting worried. But a special teams was definitely the story. The Jets four out of six on the power play. I mean, they were passing it; it looked good. Um, even at the end, they threw it the second power play because the game was out of hand, and Stasny puts one in 
Uh, the Canadians on their power play, one for six. So the Jets penalty kill looking good power play. Um, and I will say Mark Scheifele's shot on his first goal. Man, he's had some, he's had some really nice one-timers this year. Um, hard, impactful in the back of the net. I think of the OT winner he had. He had a couple on the road trip recently, including the tying one in Dallas. This one, it's looked, um, he had a bit of a rough patch where they were kind of going off his stick sideways. But he seems to be, since the All-Star break, uh, he's been feeling it. So, um, you know, he was a third star. Dubois, who's, you know, had a bit of a rough stretch where he wasn't scoring. He's he's on fire again all of a sudden. And on the night where what, Line A scores his 20th, there was Dubois, first star, with, um, you know, two, one goal, two assists, and had some, you know, really strong play uh, up and down the ice. So, uh, Dubois uh, yeah. has been so good lately. Um, and I know... You know, listen, I mean, some, I mean, I know Rennie took a, you know, a couple pokes, uh, not pokes, but, you know, pointing out the fact that simply at this point of the season, I mean, they needed more than one point in six games for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think most people would argue that Pierre-Luc Dubois has been the least of the Winnipeg Jets problems through most of this season, has been there, one of their best and most consistent players. Um, but results matter. And, um, you know, the way he played in the first period of that Colorado game, it seemed like he was really trying to put the team on his back. And, um, you know, he's been phenomenal for the uh, the last few and uh, I, a huge, huge part of, um, you know, what success the the Winnipeg Jets have had. Um, but it has been nice to see over the last couple of games, you know, getting some um, performance and production from both of those top couple lines. And you brought up Adam Lowry before, Remo, and I think, you know, it's important to note again. I mean, Adam Lowry had had a ton of chances. But, I mean, when the Jets were playing Calgary a couple of weeks back, we were talking about the fact that, you know, Trevor Lewis had more goals and more points than Adam Lowry had up until that point in the season. And it didn't make a lot of sense because of how many minutes Lowry plays in important situations. Um, but it just hadn't been going in. And it really seems like since then, uh, the puck is now going for Adam Lowry. And uh, what a move that he made on the goal to put the Jets up 3 nothing earlier on. And the interesting thing about Lowry is he's been doing it at times at 5-on-5. Five five. But he has really become a dangerous player, shorthanded at times as well. And um, listen, I think everyone will agree that this is a guy that leaves it out on the ice each and every night. I'm sure it's been a challenging season for him and probably a strange scenario with his dad now being the head coach. Uh, but he certainly is a leader on this hockey club and has been deserving of the success that he's had lately. And we've talked a lot about getting some scoring from the bottom six. Adam Lowry is stepping up and leading the way in that department right now. Yeah, Lowry's, you know, season numbers, he's got 14 points in 54 games, but in his last 13 games, uh, he's got, what, six points here, and as I said, I mean, four goals, that's you know, more than half of his season total in the last week and a half here, so he is on a bit of a heater, Adam Lowry, after, you know, we had said the Jets need secondary scoring to step up, you can't have, you know, it's seemingly the first line and the second line would never be scoring at the same time, someone else has got to chip in. And there was Adam Lowry with Andrew Kopp back uh, on his line yesterday. I mean, huge to have that. So, um, yeah, I know they beat, so they beat Arizona, who's like at the bottom, and Montreal is at the bottom. But, hey, they don't control the schedule. Wins are wins. You get the clean two in each one, and you move forward to Friday night against Dallas. And that is the real, you know, some of us are watching the standings, but Hustler, you're just watching the Jets, and you know how many they need to win. Well, yeah, I mean, we kind of said, looking at the final 30, I mean, they needed to basically be 13 games above 500, above NHL 500 during those games. Now, they've got two of them down, so you're basically looking at going 18, 7, and 3 sort of thing. I mean, by my calculations, you can't lose 
15 points is the is the maximum that you could uh, that you can lose um so listen you get two points you don't have to worry about it but if you lose in regulation there's two off that 15 if you lose in ot there's one off that 15 the bottom line is there's a lot of wins necessary. Um, but hey, the weekend, the weekend started off great. They bounced back in the third period against Arizona and squeezed two out to finish up the road trip and salvage something. And now gave the fans a very exciting game <laughs> to uh, to watch yesterday and um, got the two points. But, you know, the rest of this uh, homestand, um, hugely important. Dallas on Friday night, we'll spend a lot of time talking about that game over the next couple of days. The New York Rangers, who have had a phenomenal season so far and have arguably the guy playing the best in net in the entire season in uh, Shesterkin on Sunday. And then the defending two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champs coming to town in the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, um, you know, they're moving up a couple weight classes over the course of the next few days, uh, next few home games. Uh, But the bottom line is, you know, these conversations would have been moved if they weren't able to get those two points. Now, we'll speak more about this, and I'll get Jamie Thomas's take. Um, and, you know, before we play this clip, would you want to do, like, let's do the Shifley clip first, the, the two-minuter on, um, you know, pumping up the crowd. Mm-hmm. Then we'll hear the one from the Habs side of things. But in the meantime, I would love to hear people's thoughts before we opine on it as what you thought about the, the fight, if you want to call it that, part of the, uh, the Gordie Howe hat trick for Mark Shifley. Uh, but his reaction after the game, um, how did you take it? And uh, what did you think about it? Um, you can put that in the chat, but right now let's hear from Mark Shifley. He talked about, uh, you know, the big game and uh, pumping up the crowd after his first and probably only ever Gordy Halla hat trick, if you want to call it that. The Gordy Howe hat trick. Uh, what does that mean to you? <laughs> First and last. Yeah, <laughs> first and last. I, I was, I, I definitely wasn't looking to, looking to go fight out there. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it was just one of those things that kind of spur of the moment. You know, he, you know, kind of put me in a chokehold and just went from there. So it, it'll probably be my first and my and my last. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's one, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, they're a. You know they 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 fought to the end. You know they're a team that you know they made plays. They kept on, you know, getting good chances towards the end of the game and you know, making us uh you know on our heels. So it's one of those things. You weren't looking for the fight, but you seem to have some emotion afterwards. Trying to get the crowd pumped up. Give, give me an idea of the emotions that you're going through after that. I was just excited excited with the with a big win. You know, that might be the only time I'd I'd ever be able to to try to pump up the crowd after a fight. So. <laughs> Um, you know, usually you know, the last time I think it happened, we were, you know, we lost the game, you know, in Carolina. So I, there wasn't much pumping up to be done there, there. So, you know, I looked at it, it was just one of those, you know, it was great to, to be in front of, you know, a full building. Great to have our fans in the building. Um, you know, just a lot of, you know, a lot of optimism. And, uh, you know, kind of like what I said before, you know, probably my first and, and last time to be able to actually ever do that after a fight. Mark, were you were you looking over your shoulder for that all night? You never know. I like I, I talked about this morning. You, you never know what what's going to happen. And um, you know, I said if you know if the opportunity presented, if 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 I if someone rang the doorbell and you know I'd do it. I wasn't expecting it. To, I wasn't really expecting it to happen. But you know, you always have to think. You know, there's going to be um, you know, there's there's always going to be something 
that, that could happen. You know, it's a physical game, and there's a chance that that happens, especially the magnitude of what happened last year. But, um, you know, I think it's all, it's all over now. All right, there's Mark Scheifele. It's all over now. I am not so sure, to be honest. And I think it would have been over if he had, you know, simply skated back and, you know, because let's face it, that wasn't much of a fight. I mean, there's three minutes or whatever left in the game. Like, if that happens in the second period, do they get five minutes? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think they might have got two minutes for roughing. Um, but it, it is clear. And, and listen, I, I, I will say this. I mean, we watch this team every day. We remember the Logan Stanley act after the uh, Toronto game in the final 30 seconds, getting the crowd pumped up. And I, and I think many people sort of took that as a little almost self-depreciating humor about, you know, the fight that had just taken place. And obviously it was a great atmosphere at this time. You're running away with the game and it's just about done. Um, and I think a lot of people around here will give Mark Shifley the benefit of the doubt. I can pretty much assure you that that is a sentiment is not held by folks on the other side, certainly amongst the Habs fan base. And for Mark Shifley, more importantly, for members of the Montreal Canadiens. Josh Anderson was asked about it after the game, and uh, this is what the big Habs winger had to say. You know, the game kind of got carried away, but there's still a lot of time left in, in, in the first period, and then we battled back. So it's, you know, it's, it's that situation in the game where you don't want to do, um, you know, anything to, to put your team in jeopardy. Um, but, you know, I thought Twides did a good job of stepping up, but... Um, obviously, we didn't like you know the reaction of, of what he did um, towards the end of the game, and you know it's a good thing that you know we we play more times this year. There you have it. There's Josh Anderson. Now, I was somewhat surprised that maybe there like if it was going to happen, I was surprised that it you know took place when it did, and by Chris Weidman. I mean, dude is five nine and wasn't even on the Habs last year. So, discuss amongst yourselves, Habs fans. Um, how you felt that the team handled that if they were going to quote unquote handle it. But Remo, I don't know about you. I, I mean, it, there's one thing, the act, and again, Mark Shifley is going to get the benefit of the doubt here in Winnipeg. He'll probably get the benefit of the doubt for most of the people here in our chat room. He's not getting the benefit of the doubt of the Montreal Canadiens. And I have to admit for something that probably was done. And Mark Shifley certainly felt that it was over now. Um, I have to admit, I think it's less over now than it was going into last night's game because of what happened at the end. And we basically heard Josh Anderson say as much there. So you're saying because Mark Shifley after that, you know, fight, and I've seen both of Mark Shifley's NHL fights, they're pretty much, <laughs> I think they lasted for less than a combined 10 seconds where, you know, they get together and then fall down. But, um, you know, when Mark, after, so he goes like this and says, let's go. I heard maybe he gave a little wink to the to the Habs bench. I mean, they're winning 8-4. The crowd's going nuts. It was a crazy game. Shafley can't get excited about about a fight. He can't get excited about winning. This reminds me of in baseball where like they get mad at you for watching a home run for too long or walking around the bases too slowly. I mean, come on. Let's just, this is entertainment. Let's have some fun here. I don't think anyone's taking that seriously. Come on. Oh, oh I, did you just hear what Josh Anderson said? Yeah, he's sour. They lost. They got pumped day four. They're having a miserable season. Come on. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying right now, mark my words. I don't think that, I think that now more, it is far more likely that Shifley has to deal with this come the uh, game in early April where the Winnipeg Jets go to Montreal. Um, and that's going to be a very different atmosphere than it was last night in Winnipeg. I mean, sure, you had a bunch of Habs fans there as you always do, but I mean, that is a home crowd. 
Um, you know, the Habs are not going to be having anything to play for. And I do wonder about a guy like Marty St. Louis, uh, about, you know, how he feels about it. Now, he wasn't around there before, but he was there last night and they got embarrassed in a number of number of ways. And I think there's still a lot of bad blood around Mark Shifley. So um, I'll just say this. I mean, yeah, it was somewhat comical. There was a lot of humor in, in, in you know, both in the in the fight itself and the reaction afterwards. And if you're a Jets fan, you were loving every minute of it. Um, but I'm just saying, if Mark Shifley really wanted to just put that thing to bed, I think maybe it's a little bit more discretion in that situation um, might have been advantageous because, uh, as I say, I really don't think that that did anything but maybe poke a team, um, you know, that still wasn't completely over it, but hadn't really done much about it last night. And again, still very strange, the guy that did step up. Uh, but some of those other players like Josh Anderson, I think, are looking at themselves after what happened last night and the way they took his actions. And uh, I really do think that we'll be we'll be speaking more about this situation going yeah. into that final game between the two clubs. I, I do agree that having the Montreal fans there um, will make it a, a bigger deal. I mean, this was in Winnipeg. They Montreal fans haven't had a chance to boo him, but I don't know. I mean, Montreal won four nothing. They dominated the series. That was the turning point. He took himself, took himself well, out of the series. <laughs> it was so maybe they should be, actually be cheering Mark Shifley and thanking him. Otherwise, maybe they wouldn't be in the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup <laughs> final. But I do want to point out one thing. So uh, yesterday morning, I mean, they have to ask Shifley about it, and you know they're asking him questions. And Rennie's like Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet's like. You know, if Jake Evans tried to fight you or wants redemption, would you offer him the opportunity? And she was just like, yeah, I mean, if he wants to go, like, I'll go. Like, what's he going to say? Like, I totally, be, yeah. What, I mean, what's that he, was gonna, all that he could say. What's he supposed to do? Like, coward out and be like, no, nah, this is what's done's done or whatever. He's just going to say, sure. Like, he's answering the question. Well, I got a kick out of, you know, the big two networks on social media, you know, taking this quote and making it like Shifley came out and like cut a promo on Jake Evans <laughs> and was like, <laughs> so like here's uh here's one of the like graph like this is the thing on social media, you gotta take a quote and put a graphic. If Jake Evans wants to fight me, I'll answer the bell. Now when you say it like that, it sounds like he was actually looking for a fight, but it was like a pretty casual response. Just like, sure, I guess I gotta do it. And here's the other one. Uh, this one much more impactful with the picture of the hit. Oh. And uh, Tim well, and Friends really stirring it up. Yeah, really stirring it up, uh, Tim. Yeah, this one's from Tim and Friends. If Jake Evans wants to fight me, I'll answer the bell. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't like that. But, I mean, I kind of enjoyed the social media game, I guess, from the big networks trying to amp this up. And you heard from the players it was was nothing. But I just found found it interesting. I, I kind of wanted to point it, point it out because the tone of <laughs> the tone of the quote does not match a, this photo in black and white with with the quote. It's way more impactful if you do it in black and white, Huss. If you I'm do it in color, I'm surprised they work. didn't have. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have a uh, you know in the corner a picture of him on the stretcher afterwards yeah. as well, just to remind everybody how that uh, <laughs> how that it happened. Um, so, uh, as I said, we won't spend, we'll see what Hammer has to say about it, and uh, and certainly Jamie Thomas, but uh, spend a lot more time talking about the uh, the big performance of the game. I know a lot of people talking about Connor Hellebuck in the, uh, in the chat as well. So we will get to all of that coming up in just a few minutes. Hey, uh, uh, hey a big shout out to our friends over at F Apparel. 
They are getting ready for the summer, and uh, you should be too. Probably spent a lot of time at home over the last couple of years. Your big events, your big gatherings haven't been happening. Uh, well, they are in 2022, and thank God for that. Uh, weddings, graduations, and so much more. Every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just $399. Um, if you got a grad, if you have a high school graduate this year, definitely talk to Andrew, the guys down at F. If you show your valid student ID for this year as a graduate, um, they'll get you a shirt, free shirt and tie with any suit. So, um, you know, a young 18 year old guy going into, uh, you know, the next phase of his life can get a suit, shirt and tie starting at $400. It's a great deal. Um, and of course, 15% off for wedding parties as well. When you get your suits as a group from F apparel, see them at 190 Smith street and check them online at F that's E P H apparel, uh, .com. Our friends at Vita health, fresh market have lots going on, uh, at any of their seven locations as Winnipeg's leader in organic natural supplements, beauty products, groceries, with the best selection and the best prices in a town, not to mention some amazing lunch options, delicious and healthy, like Vitamarket salads, soups, sandwiches, and more. And if you can make it into the store, you can visit their brand new fully shoppable website at myvita.ca to buy online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. And of course, you can also join the exclusive Vita VIP list by texting Vita VIP to 1-877-630-1970 to receive special offers all year long and be entered to win a $100 Vita Health gift card. Now with seven locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, pop by Vita Health Fresh Market or visit them online at myvita.ca. And, uh, geez, I could probably use a little Culligan right now. Um, Culligan water, the experts in all things water in Winnipeg for 65 years and running family owned here in Winnipeg over on Sargent Avenue. And they have got it all for you, your family or your business, starting with water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services when you need it. And obviously you can schedule in advance. Um, if you do have needs for your business, custom uh, commercial and industrial water products and solutions available from the experts at Culligan Water as well. Pop down and see Keenan and the gang at 1200 Sargent Avenue or hit them up at 204-694-5180. And you can find out more on all of the wonderful Culligan products and services over online at drinkculligan.com. Um, Remo, we were, oh, you know what? We, uh, it looks like we're going to just go a little longer with the two of us because I think, uh, Jamie Thomas, uh, double booked himself, including a, uh, something more important than a Winnipeg sports talk visit, which, uh, I believe was a doctor's visit for, uh, one of his children. Uh, but my God, we've got a lot to get to from the game last night. We can continue getting some great feedback from everybody here in the chat. And Jeff Hamilton is going to join us uh, coming up in a few minutes on the program. Um, hey, you know, before we get back into the Jets, uh, yeah, I do. Exactly. Let's talk about Matthew Perot. Um, you know, lost in the insanity of the uh, dozen goals and uh, the very emotional tribute and the anthems at the beginning of the game. Uh, was the return of one of the most popular Winnipeg Jet players in the better part of the last seven years in Matthew Perot. Um, and Perot usually had a smile on his face, and uh, he certainly did. And you could tell how much that warm welcome and tribute to Matthew Perot last night by Winnipeg Jet fans and, of course, the Jets management and game operations. It was a great piece. And 
another great moment last night of a guy that, um, you know, bled for the Winnipeg Jets for seven years and still has a ton of fans here in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. Yeah, I know, um, you know, we often like to talk about tribute videos and, and, st- and if they're deserving of one or not, but Matthew Pro very clearly deserving of a, of a tribute video, as you said, seven years here in Winnipeg. Uh, we talked yesterday, he's played on, you know, just about every line. Um, you know, his, his daughters uh, were born here. So I think he's, you know, felt has a connection with the community. And you saw that, you know, it was great. You know, this is the first time, you know, the fans can give a standing O. And in mind, you know, when Brian Little was shown on the screen on Saturday, you know, you stood up and you just cheered. And um, yesterday, last night, too, with Matthew Pro, I think people want to show their appreciation. Uh, you know, he's part of a couple playoff runs. Uh, again, you know, scored some big goals, memorable moments, and they were all shown on the highlight reel. And, you know, very touching how he, when he touched his heart, um, you saw what it what it meant to him, that kind of reception. Yeah. And he's had a tough season. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's been injured. He's uh, on Montreal. He's, yeah, he's on Montreal's having a, t- a tough year. Yeah, four points in 16, in 16 games uh, for him. But I thought he, you know, I was in the Montreal radio booth, and they were talking about what a great game he was having. He was rewarded with some power play, uh, power play time. So, um, yeah, th- I, I, that was a, just yet another uh, great moment from last night's game, uh, Huss, which there was one of many. And we didn't even mention, you know, the turning point of the game, uh, Connor Hellebuck stopping Rem Pitlick on the penalty shot. You know, it's 4-4. And I thought, first of all, I didn't even think that should have been a penalty shot. I thought that was like a poke check from behind. where you got Everything it. was a penalty last night. And if it was yeah. actually a penalty, then it immediately became a penalty shot. If there, I mean, that... That ref was um, I, I reminded thought, me of Enrico Palazzo in the Naked Gun. I mean, making a ton of calls and really, you know, making sure everyone saw them when they were doing it. Yeah, like I thought it was it was nothing play. I thought it was stick on puck. I mean, yeah, it was from behind and the guy was on a breakaway, but I thought it was a nice play to break up a breakaway. Apparently not. I mean, he goes in and you're kind of nervous. Like it's a 4-4 game, but um, you guys, Rem Pitlick versus Hellebuck. You know, Hellebuck uh, with the advantage and got the blocker on the puck and uh, from there, you know, the Jets really, I guess that was the turn where they took over. And, and Andrew Kopp, again, game winner, great return to the lineup for Andrew Kopp. I thought that was that was huge. And, you know, over the last stretch, you know, you kind of just say, okay, yeah, they're missing Perfetti, Kopp, and, and Ehlers. But, I mean, it's huge when you're missing an entire line who can produce offensively. And, you know, it was, it was a big win yesterday, but, you know, have to continue going forward. and. And again, I said earlier, you know, it's two worst teams in the league, but you got the wins and maybe they can make a close uh, at the end for the, for the playoff. Yeah. Um, now, you know, Elliot in chat, what up, Elliot, uh, has just asked, and let me just see, just get back to this. Said, hey, Huss, is, is, is Gabe Morency a friend of the show? <laughs> I learned that I, I learned that he is far from a Shifley fan yesterday. And now Gabe is absolutely a friend of the program. Uh, and, um, you know, Gabe and I go way back. I've done so many segments on each other's shows over the year. And for the first thing I'll tell you is that Gabe's from Montreal and Gabe is a Habs fan. So, you know, and he's got a lot of passion. So he was very pissed last year when what happened to Jake Evans, as anyone connected with the Montreal Canadiens, Canadiens was. Um, he saw, and, and this kind of gets to my point over, you know, whether what was intended or not, it was how it was taken by people on the other side of things. I think that saw it very differently. <clears throat> and Gabe lit up Shifley. 
big time last night on Twitter. I mean, you can check it out if, if you want. He's at Sports Rage. Um, but here's the thing. And this is amazing because it goes back, and these are the two teams with the biggest fan bases in Canada. The two games that these incidences happened, one was Logan Stanley after that skirmish with Simmons um, when the Jets were laying it on the Leafs on the 5th of December. And the other game was last night against the Montreal Canadiens. Now, this all coming out of the playoffs where Mark Scheifele, who kind of, you know, previously had a bit of a choir boy image in the National Hockey League, um, you know, saw his... I don't know, shall we say his public image around the league take a serious hit. First of all, for, you know, what he did to Jake Evans. Uh, most people didn't like that. And then, you know, many people outside of this market, I think, thought that he did anything but uh, really own it and was somewhat defiant. Um, so when that happened last night, um, you know, it was absolutely going to trigger a whole lot of people. And it is sort of funny, Remus, and I don't know how we got here, but the Jets, who were sort of, a, you know, an up-and-coming team that a lot of people liked, it was their second favorite team, you know, a few years ago, have kind of turned into villains in a lot of markets in and around the league. And if you told me a few years ago that public enemy number one would be Mark Shifley, I wouldn't have believed you. But in certain markets, certainly Montreal, he's the guy. Um, and I guess we'll be talking a lot about Neil Pionk when the Jets get to Toronto later on. But uh, it's not the cute, fuzzy Jets from uh, from the old days anymore, the way they're looked at around the National Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget seeing, like, Mark Shifley, what, they put his face on a cake in IGA in Quebec or something. It said, I forget what it said. I mean, it was, I'll never forget last year being in the chat here. Uh, seeing the Mark Shifley, uh, you know, hate from the Montreal fans, it got, it got aggressive. <laughs> um, it was oh, very, it, was it was so over the top. Yes, I, I mean, hockey brings out a lot of passion, especially in Canadians, and you know, playoff hockey, Winnipeg, Montreal, and something like that. Um, that was, that was an absolute powder keg. So, um, you know, you knew that there would be a lot of people. And while I, I think with the amount of time that had spent from the event and what's happened with both of the teams, you know, if it just went through yesterday's game and nothing happened, that wouldn't have been shocking to me. Uh, but the fact that there was a quote-unquote fight with one of the smallest players on the team, like why it was Weidman that challenged hey. him, I have no idea. Um, he, but as he I said, choose, this is far he, from over. He doesn't choose. He's not it's a pick your opponent. On the fight. It's not his fault. I'm not fault. blaming Shifley for that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just sort of wondering. It just, of all the players, if you had yeah. said to me, hey, one or two guys are going to take a run at Shife, uh, Shife, who is it going to be? It wouldn't be Chris, 5'9", Chris Weidman, that wasn't even on the team last year. Yeah, and, um, you know, Shifley mentioning that it was a, a chokehold. I don't know if it was maybe more of more of a headlock, but we're not going to leave the wrestling terms <laughs> whatever <here>. it was <laughs> i i did enjoy you know shafley and dubois in the post game seemed to have you know we see people in chat all the time oh shafley he's so mad dubois passed him on the depth chart uh <laughs> he's took in his spot and uh i thought last night they were they were playing off each other we saw the clip before they were they were laughing and uh again shafley they're finishing each other's sentences uh now huss if you they asked who was Sean Reynolds again getting uh, the big questions, asking Dubois about um, I guess what's changed in his game because he was a bit cold and now now he's hot here. Here's the clip. One sec. There's some some things I can't uh, I can't share too much of, but so there's been something you've tweaked. Are you telling me in the last little bit? Uh, 
Yeah. I don't. I don't need you to tell me. I just. Yeah. Just, yeah. There's. There's some stuff that. I mean, you're uh, always working on on some things. Um, He's watch. using Head and Shoulders. <laughs> More conditioner too. <laughs> You, you like to see them having fun. I think we talk about, we talk here, how the Jets don't seem to be having fun. They're losing. I mean, when you score eight goals, you're going to be having fun. Well, you know what? Winning's fun. Yes. You know, the teams that seem like, oh, they're having the most fun are ones that are actually meeting their potential. They're winning hockey games. They're getting ready for the playoffs. They're achieving their goals. And there's no doubt. I mean, it's impossible to argue that, you know, the Jets are not where they expected to be right now in this season. And I think that's taken a toll on a lot of players. And um, But it is also amazing to see what the difference in the vibe a couple wins can do. I mean, even if you're beating the two worst teams in the National Hockey League. At this point, take them however you can get them. Uh, and don't apologize for it. And, you know, they certainly won't do that. They're going to need to be ready for the Dallas Stars. Uh, but, man, Reem, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like on that flight from Colorado to Arizona after the game on Friday night with what had happened. And, um, you know, listen, the game against Arizona was no masterpiece and neither was last night, but we're not going to critique wins right now. I mean, and, and I don't think they will either. And you know what, if this team can get a little bit of, uh, if they can start feeling better about themselves and that means a few more smiling faces and some more excitement to come to the rink, that's a very good thing. And, um, Listen, those two guys are two of the most important players that wear Winnipeg Jet jerseys. They need them both going on. They need them playing off each other on the ice, off the ice too, if that's how it works. And uh, anyways, bottom line is I'm glad you brought that up. It was very nice to see because Dubois has shown that he is one of the leaders on this team right now. And uh, you know, listen, Mark Scheifele's had a rough season. There's been a lot of questions about um, you know a lot of aspects of his game and his future in and around Winnipeg as the organization kind of does an evaluation of why they are where they are right now and goes forward. Um, but the way Pierre-Luc Dubois is both playing and, you know, what he's saying off the ice, I think is exactly what people want to see. And obviously a lot of Habs fans weren't too pleased with Mark Scheifele last night, but uh, the way he played, the results that he had and what he's done the last couple of games is going to be important. They're going to need a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And you talk about Dubois. I mean, I remember last year we were wondering about his season, like, is this the guy that uh, we traded for? I mean, 20 points in 41 games look pretty um, lethargic at times, but he's anything but that this season. Different player, uh, 40, 43 go uh, points in 53 games, 22 goals, 21 assists. So he's having a, a solid season himself here. I see you laughing in chat. I'm also, uh, I'm also enjoying the chat here. And it, I wanted to bring this up, too, based on a comment I think Mitch made. You know, you see Montreal hate Shifley. Hate him. Um, Toronto, super pissed off at uh, Neil Pionk. It was crazy on social media. Did any, was there any like reaction about Orlov I mean, when he ne took out Ehlers? I mean, think about how that changed the Jets season, that illegal hit that he got suspended for. It wasn't penalized. Like, is it because it's Washington? It's because, like, I feel like we should be putting Orlov's face on a cake. Saying you ruined our season, <laughs> public enemy number one. What are what are we doing here? When, when's Washington coming back to Winnipeg? It's really too bad they only come here once because I don't know when. I think they've played their two games against them. They played one there uh, and one here. But we need to get signs. yeah the Washington game. The Washington game here was the day that yeah. uh, 
Paul Maurice packed yeah, his bag and walked out of the ring. Their heads were in another planet for that for that game. But uh, I think we need Orlov's head on a cake for sure. Get DQ. We'll call up Nick from DQ. Public enemy yeah. number one next time they come in, and then we'll eat it. Well, you know what? You're going to have to put that put that down on our big board for Winnipeg yes. Sports Talk into next season. Important things that we're planning on doing. Going to take it to a couple trips. We're going to do some shows. And then a full hate campaign against Orlov for what he did to Nikolai Ehlers this season. Uh, it might be a year later on. But you're right. It's the onus is on forget. us to not to not forget about yes, this, to, we, to keep on banging this drum and then expect that the code will be answered <laughs> when they play next yes, year here in we, Winnipeg. We can't. Yes, we can't. I agree. We can't. We can't forget it for sure, because ruined derailed the whole jet season, not having Nikolai Ehlers. It was an illegal hit. No penalty. It was absolutely ridiculous, and and I agree. We do need to we do need to put him on the list. Dom Zappi is in there. If you listen to Montreal Sports Radio, and I do, I do. I, I spend a lot more time on the Edmonton station if I'm listening to it, just knowing Dusty and liking his show. Uh, but he said the media is still over the top. It's amazing how much they hate 55, and that was the case before last night's game, and that is why. Just with the way things ended and 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 listen we heard it from josh anderson it doesn't matter if mitch melnick or tony marioni or whoever the guys on, on the uh, uh you know on 690 in montreal are going crazy although it will stir up a narrative that will get fans going on there will be a lot of talk about it um but it was quite clear that the Habs weren't too pleased about that and it is somewhat interesting that there still is one more game between these teams a little bit later on and you wonder how much of uh, a life of its own that much take of something that really could have and should have been done after uh after last night hammer's going to join us in a few minutes i'm looking forward to that um there is uh <laughs> there's a lot to get to uh from uh, last night's game still but just quickly let's touch on pierre luc dubois for a minute reem because you know we just heard him say that know there's some things that he tweaked in his game like i'm not sure whether that's true or not um because he has been like i'm not sure what tweak you can make that all of a sudden turns you from asleep i don't know maybe he's taping his stick differently or something like that uh because we've pretty much seen pierre luc dubois be the guy uh that he's been one of the most consistent players as i mentioned through the entire season going to the net um feeding off his line mates and making his line mates better so far this year uh and and now you know, you've got Mark Shifley producing, um, and I think really feeling the pressure um, that, you know, we certainly heard from Blake Wheeler on the weekend talking with Hammer, who's going to join us in a little bit. We'll get to more of that. Uh, but, man, you've got Dubois playing the way that he's playing, and then the guy that we started off talking about with his recent performance and results is Adam Lowry. And, listen, I, I, I realize this is a long, long way for the Winnipeg Jets to go to get back into a playoff spot, and they don't have a lot of head-to-head games against the teams they're chasing. But if they want to win and win consistently and string a bunch together, they're going to need all of those guys going right now. And the fact that, you know, Adam Lowry's bringing some scoring from the bottom six right now and Dubois and Shifley are both scoring the way that they've been in the last couple of games. If they can keep that going against a much tougher competition the next three games, give them a much better chance to uh, stay relevant in this Western Conference playoff race. Yeah, I think we know that the chances of them making the playoffs, we've looked at the odds, it's slim. However, we're not, it's no fun uh, to give up hope. We'll, we'll, we will hang on to that thin margin and hope they can win every game. And as 
as you said, I mean, it's nice to have Lowry going. You had uh, the top two lines going. I thought the power play looked great. Now, this is, again, one of the worst teams in the league. But uh, win's a win, and it doesn't matter. You got the two points. Move on to Dallas, and hopefully you can keep it rolling. And maybe, because I think we all believe, Hus, that the team is better than their record would indicate. Although maybe, you know, maybe it's not. But I'd like to see them finish strong and, you know, feel good heading into uh into next season i'm just remembering the optimism of this past off season and okay just it, for a moment yeah. just for a moment and this is somewhat morbid but uh what was going through your head when the habs tied it at four early in the second period i thought here like here we go again i was having flashbacks to friday um i thought oh are they gonna do like blow another like huge lead i did not think they'd reverse it i mean i saw uh people were texting us uh records I mean, this is the first time in NHL history to blow a four-goal lead, yet end up winning by four goals. I mean, you had four unanswered goals happen three times in the same game. I can't... Yeah, so yeah, that's the first time, first team ever to score four, allow four, and then score four. Yeah, incredible. So that, we witnessed history last night at Canada Life Center. Yeah, that was uh, that. <laughs> that was certainly something else. Um, I, I was sitting there and I was going, "My God, I can't believe that today's show we're going to be talking about this if it continues to go the way it is." Oh, I, I just just thinking about how bent everyone would be and how some people wouldn't even be able to come and listen to the show because they would be so triggered after what happened the day before. But I was also thinking, Remus, oh my God, I'm going to have to finally roll out my top five worst home Monday and Tuesday game list of the season. And uh, that would have been a contender for a top one with a few other real turds. But uh, it turned around, and to me, it turned around mm -hmm. on that Connor well, Hellebuck save. Andrew Kopp scoring afterwards. We mentioned how big it was to get him back in the lineup and uh, ended up being 8-4. And uh, you mentioned a crazy record set by the Jets that had never happened before. Yeah, I mean, we looked, and we talked yesterday. I can't, We couldn't believe how big favorites the Jets were. Uh, it was like minus 205 or something, but uh, clearly Vegas knew something. Um, well, I mean, scored eight goals, uh, pretty, pretty incredible. So, um, well, again, what, what a game and happy to be here talking about a win rather than a lose. Lynn Reimer, I reached for the gravel at that point with a vodka chaser. Yeah, <laughs> you, you probably weren't the only one, Lynn. All right, we're going to get the hammer in here in a minute. What an interesting week our friend Jeff's had in the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, before we do that, a big shout out to our friends at Manitoba Battery. Man, this winter sucked, but uh, Manitoba Battery's been keeping Winnipeggers and Manitobans on the road with uh, batteries at the best prices in town. If you need a battery for pretty much anything, support local and get it at the best possible price from Donnie and the gang over on Logan Avenue at Manitoba Battery. Most automotive batteries starting at $100 with Core Exchange, and they'll deliver it to you anywhere in the city for $115 on the same day as long as you get that order in by 1.30 p.m. Um, as we look ahead to the summer, I mean, you know, your boats, ATV batteries, everything under the sun, they've got that. But of course, there's still some time in ice fishing season left. And Manitoba Batteries got the flasher batteries to keep you on the ice and catching fish all winter long. Pop down and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. The phone number is 204-783-8787. Or you can see them online at manitobabattery.com. Um, and I saw quite a few 
interesting Jets jerseys last night. Heck, and Habs jerseys as well. And, you know, whether you're a fan of uh, the home team or somebody else, um, probably popping by the Superstore at Royal Sports to get your gear. Thousands upon thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, tons of exclusives, along with all the Grey Cup merchandise from your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, but it's not just the home team. Uh, the best selection of NHL gear from the Jets to the Seattle Kraken at Royal Sports, and not to mention NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, though we're not talking about baseball right now until they get their shit together. Uh, but that being said, Royal Sports is your sports superstore, not to mention hockey, fitness, snowboards, so much more, and tons of cool stuff on the King's Skate Snow and Surfside. Pop down and see him at 750 Pembina Highway and follow him on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina for the latest merchandise drops and deals. And uh, I got to give a special thanks to Trevor Knott. Went to the game with Trev. Always a great time. Planning a couple of maybe a cool little Knott Autocorp WST Roadshow south of the border. Keep you posted on that over the next little while. Uh, but of course, not Autocorp is the place that's been getting Winnipeggers and Manitobas and Manitobans into new cars at amazing deals for well over a decade. Another great local family-owned business. Um, that is the place where you should start any search for a new ride for you or your family. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Pop down and see them at Waverly and McGilvery or check them out online at not.ca we will talk a little moose later on and the uh, the guy that went viral on sunday jeff malott's going to join us looking forward to talking to him a little bit about his career so far this season for he and his moose teammates uh as well as the show stopping into the shootout on sunday but right now let's welcome in our friend jeff hamilton from the winnipeg free press who uh, looks like he's back in winnipeg from quite an eventful trip what's going on dude welcome back yeah, can you see a little bit of the sun? I tried to soak up as much as I could in, in Arizona, but uh, yeah, just a wild trip. Um, you know, it was about as bad for me and my travel arrangements as it was for the Jets in the win-loss category. But overall, you know, it's always fun to get uh, to get out on the road and, and cover this team. And it was particularly nice after, you know, an incredibly cold Calgary, followed by an ice storm in Den uh, in Dallas, followed by, you know, whatever kind of cold weather in, in Denver. So boo-hoo, but it was nice to it was nice to hang out in the sun a little bit in, in Arizona. Well, we've got a lot to unpack. Um and uh I'll tell you what, let's let's yeah, exactly. I mean we just spent the first 45 minutes talking about last night's game. So I mean we certainly can get to that. But uh mm -hmm. first and foremost, tell us about Saturday. I mean thank God we had boots on the ground by someone from someone in the Winnipeg media because um we would have missed some classic bad mood Blake on Saturday afternoon coming off that, um, I mean, really almost a humiliating victory for the Winnipeg Jets. And, um, you know, he didn't come out and probably would have been spitting absolute fire after the game on Friday, uh, but still sort of seemed to be in that mood on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so it got a lot of traction. Um, you know, I know I've seen your comments on on it before, but um, you can tell us a little bit about your uh, your views views of the interaction and um, where the captain was going into uh, a game that they absolutely had to have, which of course they did pull out of the fire in the third period on a goal by Blake Wheeler. Yeah, I mean, to me, I like it's a bit of a nothing burger as far as you know the interaction between Blake and I. I mean, uh, we all know how crusty Blake can be, you know, this particularly when things aren't going well as this season, you know, certainly falls into that category. It's been an up and down one and, and an up and down one, an up and down one for the captain as well. I mean, he's, he's faced uh, Blake's, you know, 
got COVID early on, which set him back. He had just started to kind of hit his groove after that um, and then got a serious knee injury. And, you know, so it's been, you know, it's certainly been an interesting season for him. And um, as for the exchange, I mean, you know, you could tell right away uh, when Blake came out that he wasn't, uh, wasn't in the uh, most talkative mood. And when, you know, you can get a little bit of an indicator when the team and, you know, the team reporters ask him a question and he's, you know, he's not all that thrilled. So I knew, you know, by, you know, asking him about the leadership group and particularly their responsibility in, in you know, and where the Jets are and more importantly where they're headed, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be the easiest, you know, back and forth with them, but I also didn't think it would, you know, necessarily go the way it went. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, it, that's an exchange between a reporter and a, and a, and a player. I mean, it's not the first time that, you know, emotions are going to fly and it's not going to be the last time. And uh, look, I, you know, it's interesting too, because, you know, when it gets tweeted out, you know, it creates a whole kind of, you know, beast of its own people, people who, you know, are staunch supporters of Blake Wheeler or don't like media or, you know, combination of the two are going to, you know, you're just going to pick sides, right? You're just going to be like, well, it's, it's, it's almost kind of was painted into a right and wrong situation. And I felt like, you know, and then there's the, 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 the assumptions that, you know, Blake Wheeler and I have a history. We don't. Yeah, you know? no, like I, mean, I wanted to, you know, I was going to ask you about We don't that. have That's... a history. I mean, we, we, we've gotten into it in the past, but by no means, you know, whether he would remember it, I, you know, I doubt it. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I think I have an okay relationship as far as a relationship you can have with the captain. I, you know, I, Blake isn't, you know, huge into developing relationship, professional relationships with reporters. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he when you know he was saying stuff like "I'm out here talking to you." Like he wasn't saying "you, Jeff Hamilton." He was saying "you, the media." Um, you know, and and so, I mean, that's one thing. The other assumption is that like somehow I was playing the victim. Uh, that couldn't be further Again. from the truth. You know, I just yeah yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like you know that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, Blake Wheeler doesn't owe me anything as far as answers. Uh, you know, I I challenged him on. Uh, you know, his suggestion that he doesn't get positive press here, which, you know, which, you know, he claimed to be sarcastic. Well, if you listen back, I mean, yeah, he's got a bit of sarcastic, sarcastic tone to him, you know, at the best of times. But, you know, he was kind of playing his small violin in the sense that he was complaining about having, you know, the rough times be bad. I mean, this guy has had way more good times than rough times. I mean, and there's absolutely no debate that Blake Wheeler is one of the most celebrated players in Jets history. That's just, that's just a fact. And so, you know, kind of, kind of feeling sorry for himself. I felt a little bit and self congratulations about, you know, coming out there and like speaking volumes that he's talking to the media again, owes me nothing as far as, you know, answers questions of which I spent time crafting not to piss off 26. Uh, that didn't exactly work in my favor, but um, you know, the exchange was the exchange. And again, I think you just move on and, and whatever. These things get blown up. People like to choose sides. Uh, you know, I'll echo, I don't feel like a victim in that whole situation and, and appreciate any answer I get. But I do think that, you know, Blake being the captain of this team, this team not, uh, you know, living up to the expectations. You know, certainly Blake has not talked, uh, you know, to the media as much as he has in the past. And that's, that's pretty much facilitated by this whole, you know, Zoom or COVID environment. Um, you know, whereas if it was open locker rooms, Blake was always there sitting by his stall for anyone to come over and chat with. So, you know, credit there. But that certainly hasn't been the case this season. And um, yeah, again, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, he's not happy with the questions. He's not happy, you know, 
being questioned, I guess, on, on the leadership. Well, I think it's, I think he's not happy with being General. the captain of a team that has, to most people's expectations, underperformed the way it is. And let's face it, the timing of that game. I mean, there's been some ugly games this season, but mm -hmm. the game on Friday night, because of the way they started, the 3 nothing lead, and then the thorough ass-kicking that took place for the following 40 minutes, um, like, honestly, I mean, there's not really much that you can say. And, you know, he there were some questions that he really didn't have answers for, but it's sort of part of the job to go and, um, you know, at least take the questions. And, you know, and you know, Steven Romer saying, you know, they, uh, you know, he might not owe uh, you know, the media. Well, I was going to say he owes the fans. That's what, I, that's what yeah. I was about to, That's that was my whole point as I was meandering off there, was that he doesn't owe me anything, but he owes the fans those those answers. And that's why I asked those questions. You know what I mean? It's not like I have this you know, personal interest in knowing, you know, like what's the deal with Maurice leaving, if that's created a wrinkle, why the top two lines aren't clicking at the same time as we've seen all season. It's usually one or the other, you know, and, 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 and again, I mean, the, the, the other part is I don't deserve credit for tough questions. I, I felt like the first one was a softball, just lob it up there to take a bit of ownership, you know, and not just personal ownership, but just as the leadership group, we all know that, you know, the, Part of being on a you know a captain or an alternate captain is shouldering you know a, a you know the blame when you know things are going not so well because you get the praise when things are going well. So you know, and so I don't even deserve that credit for you know I appreciate the support, but like the the credit for asking tough questions. I don't think they were all that tough at all. And so you know, some of them were a bit more challenging. I think you know Blake did answer the rest of the questions. I thought he was great on them. It's just. He didn't, you know, some of them, he just doesn't have answers to those questions. And, 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 a, and that is an answer. And so the rest of it was fine. I just think it, you know, it comes across, it just comes across a little bit like out of touch, just given, you know, where, you know, where this team is and, and when the answers the fans want and, you know, kind of just patting yourself on the back for doing what, you know, a job that you're kind of expected to do when you wear the C on your chest. But I mean, all, all in all, I mean, people are going to pick sides. They're going to do whatever they're going to make up you know, stuff, but, um, it was just a conversation and we'll have more of them down the road. I don't see uh, it, just quickly on that. Um, after the game, the guy that did talk that apparently wanted to talk was Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I mean, we talk about, you know, many things speaking volumes. I, I thought that mm, as much as anything, um, spoke to how he is really becoming a leader on this team, regardless of who's wearing just uh, letters on their jerseys right now. Um, you know, he did it with his play. I mean, he was the best player on the ice by far. And I mean, really sort of put his team on his back in that first period to get that lead. I mean, it was certainly part of the misery of the final 40 minutes. But, um, you know, he's been speaking a lot lately. I mean, uh, certainly if we were ticking off every time guys come out, I think Dubois would be at the top. Um, but he's doing it off the ice. But, man, he's also doing it on the ice as well, Jeff. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, and I think he probably bit his tongue more than he wanted to after that that press because I mean if you watch the end of the game I mean that guy was seeing red passionate about you know where the Jets had fallen to in that game and so you, look I mean there's also media requests so a lot of the time just given the way you know Blake is sometimes when you only get two guys to talk he's not necessarily the most ideal guy to talk post game because you know is that fierce passion that he has that fierce competitiveness can come out you know a little bit aggressive and you know if he's not gonna if he's not gonna want to answer questions at that moment that's fine but you know when you're writing a story you need two guys to talk so you know the Pierre-Luc Dubois has kind of been the perfect 
perfect um, request, if you will, because he more often than not, he's impacting the game. Um, and he's also not afraid to, you know, speak his mind or take tough questions or, all, you know, all those things that you need out of a guy in a post-game press conference. So, yeah, I mean, certainly um, AD's been living up to the, you know, living up to the hype, if you will. He's you know, had a great season. He, he got back on track this last trip, even though the result, the win-loss results weren't there after a bit of a, you know, not a not not necessarily a slide in his play, but a slide in his point production. But um, yeah, I mean, certainly lots to say about him. Twenty three years old. Who knows? He could be the future leadership of this group if he, uh, you know, he's certainly being leaned on in that respect when it comes to speaking for the team. Yeah, well, I mean, the present. I mean, the, you know, the performance speaks volumes right now. And uh, again, huge part of the uh, game last night is the uh, the first star last night between the Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. All right, I got to ask you this. How in the world did this interview with Paul Stastny come together? Tell us about it. And and I guess my first question is, why is this a story? Like, why was this even something that you were talking about, writing about, that uh, has now become, well, to some people, uh, a big deal? Well, I mean, why is it a story? I mean, it's a story because you're a, you know, a million millionaire hockey player in the city that lives in the States supporting a canadian protest and so i mean realistically jets fans want to know when a player farts so the idea that that you have a player putting forth you know money and financial commitment to you know something that is very polarizing in this country um i thought warranted a story and here's the thing i wasn't demanding anything this was and this is where i think the miss the misconceptions come into play here i i went to the jets um you know i think it's tough to interview a player who you know did this and just kind of forget about it and just stick to hockey questions so I felt like Paul Stastny was gonna whether it was gonna be in Winnipeg whether it was gonna be a road trip down the you know like you know if they go to Toronto or any other kind of like heavier media market someone's gonna ask I mean you know you're not whether or not you know you deem this a story or a valuable story somebody is going to ask so I approached the Jets um, you know, feeling a bit uncomfortable to interview him otherwise. Like, you know, if, if he kept on coming out and I was part of that scrum, I just feel like it's an important thing to address. Um, gave him the opportunity to kind of explain himself. He didn't have to. You know, there was no forcing on, on my end. He wanted to talk. He wanted to share his opinion. And the other part about it, too, is the reason why I even request is I've had conversations with Paul Stastny, um, you know, one-on-ones, telephone interviews. I've done, you know, a bit of a profile on him prior to last season. Um, and I've always come away with, you know, a guy who is well-read, re- well-educated, has, you know, it's not very often, I'm not trying to stereotype all hockey players, but it's not very often you have, a you know, the kind of player like Paul Stastny who takes, you know, interest in politics and interest in, you know, things outside of, of, the, of hockey. You know what I mean? He's, a, like I said, he's very well-read. He's very well you know, he speaks well, he's got opinions, and I figured he would want to talk, and I was right. So it took a couple days, um, and ultimately just, you know, he spoke on camera, yeah, for a few questions about the game, and I just, you know, I, <laughs> it was directly after my interview with Blake. Um, so it was a bit of a, it was a bit of an what interesting, a day. It was an interesting career one, too. And, and, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I, I wrestled for a few days on, how to be fair. Um, you know, I'm a reporter. I mean, this idea of bias being, you know, unbiased, I think is a little bit, 
you know, an interesting concept because we all have our own personal biases. We all, you know, we have our own personal life experiences. And I think for me, if you look at my work, I've always thought it important to not necessarily agree with opinions, but give people the opportunity to explain themselves. So, you know, I did that interview on on the Saturday and I, I didn't write it till Monday. And I just kind of thought about how you know, how I wanted to portray, because I knew it was going to be a polarizing issue. I mean, so did the Jets and so does Paul Stastny. I mean, um, you know, it's, we live in a world now where very often, um, you know, you, you kind of pick a side and, and then, you know, a lot of people are pretty quick to, you know, shoot their opinions and, and get in fights and, and, you know, whatever. And I mean, I, I kind of, you know, in a weird way, understand kind of both sides in a sense. I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily like, you know, the, the, the comments about people being like, well, he's got a he's got a right to his own opinion. Right. And there's people who's like his opinions trash. And, you know, like, how, how can you you know, how can you think that and all that stuff? And, and I mean, it's not like I, you know, for me, it was just to kind of understand, try to get an understanding on why, you know, someone who plays in the National Hockey League here in Winnipeg felt compelled to dip into his pockets. I mean, and, and, and financially support them. If you think about it. You know, Paul Stassi's made eighty million dollars, more than eighty million dollars American in his career, and he threw a thousand dollars to this thing. That's like me flipping a quarter to, you know, the convoy. So, like, I mean, but I, what I felt was interesting was, you know, just kind of where he mm-hmm. came from. I don't think he comes from, you know, I think he comes from a place. You know, obviously he has the history with his parents who, you know, who defected from Czechoslovakia from a communist regime. And so I don't even know if it's necessarily he thinks Canada is a communist regime. Clearly, he doesn't think that. But I think he what he supports in all this, and I felt like I hope that you know was portrayed in my story, was that he he believes in people who fight for a cause and government overreach. So whether you agree if the government is government overreach or not, um, which is a big polarizing issue, I think he. Paul Stastny believes in the right and freedom to protest what you believe to be overreach from the government. And I think that's why he supported it. You know, he was very clear he doesn't support, you know, right wing extremists, which there are some people that are connected to this convoy. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Some of whom are organizers. Um, And I also don't think he necessarily, you know, is sitting at, you know, at home watching Fox News and reading Rebel News. I think he's genuinely curious on why those people on the right side feel the way they do and why the people on, you know, if you will, the left side feel the way that they do. I think he has a thirst for knowledge on why people think the way they do. However, <laughs> it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of, you draw a bit of a line in the sand when you financially support, you know, a, you know, a group. And we can, I'm not going to sit here and I'm, get political and debate on, you know, what the meaning of the convoy, you know, is and, and whatever. But I do think they're, I think there's, you know, an element there where you, you know, he didn't agree with the, you know, the lock, you know, the 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 border the border lockdowns. But then you now on the other side you go, well then why are you supporting money that would go directly to doing those kind of activities? And then there's lots of things about the convoy that made me sick. You know what I mean? The treatment of reporters, you know, the blatant, you know, um <laughs> I don't know, lack of awareness if you will, particularly when you start looking at, you know, what your freedoms are and 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 you know what Canada brings and and versus, you know, the what's happening right now in the Ukraine and, and, you know, people who are really losing, you know, their full freedoms. But again, it's just, it feels like a bit of a lose, lose 
um, argument, particularly online. And I just felt with Paul Stastny, I knew he was going to give, whether you agree with him or not, I knew he was going to give full answers um, and just, and I knew he was going to tell his truth and, you know, whether you like his opinion or disagree with his opinion, that that's not, you know, up to me. I'm just explaining <clears throat> to you why he did what he did. Yeah. Well, I, okay. I mean, I get it. I, I was really surprised that, you know, he was available to speak to that. Um, because again, this was something, and I don't even know when, this don't and God knows I don't want to get too much into this, but when the donation was made, I think there's a lot of people that had um and listen, I don't share these views, but I do understand that I mean life is not all our echo chamber on our Twitter feed, and it's also not all the uh people that are, you know, camped out downtown in front of the ledge. I mean, you know, most of the people are somewhere somewhere in the middle. Um, but when you know, he went to, to, to speak to this. Um, like, you're right. I mean, I don't think there's a win involved for it whatsoever. But I do also think that there's mm -hmm. probably some people that, you know, had particular concerns that wanted to support some sort of challenge to what had been going on. And maybe were horrified by some of the things that were at least reported and some of the people they found out afterwards. And I don't want to get, get in into all of that. The one thing that I'm finding out, I mean, if we really wanted to dig into everything that these guys think or support, I mean, I'm sorry, folks. I mean, you're going to be disappointed in a lot of your heroes. Um, a lot of the people that, you know, you support on a lot of other things. And I guess at one point, I mean, why the hell should we care, um, you know, who's doing, you know, who has, you know, particular leanings to that side or who's liking Ron DeSantis tweets on Twitter or those sort of things. I mean, at what point is like, at what point is it an actual story? And uh, as I said, the cooperation from that side of things was the thing that kind of really surprised me. And I do think it was a very fair piece. I was just uh, I was just surprised that it actually was something that anyone was willing to engage that you know made it to the free press. Yeah, I mean I I'm not with you. I mean I I think you know I I was a bit surprised. I mean it doesn't feel like a winning situation for a, a hockey player, and you know and then and then there's the argument fairly that you know his personal information was leaked and like you know and 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 that's why I think like you know whether. You know, people suggest, you know, I've gotten, my inbox is just bananas. I was going to ask you um, about that. <laughs> you know, I've been blamed for Putin. I've been blamed for what's going on in Ukraine. I've been blamed for a lot of things. And like people, you know, some people said, well, you went too soft on him. Well, what do you mean I went too soft on him? I question him on a lot of different things. I question him on his, you know, on some of his, some of the things he said that just are not true or not in the story. And the thing is, is that I'm not, like, I think we get this mis- you know, and maybe it's with Twitter, right? Because you see these jet beat reporters, you see, you know, beat reporters, not just in Winnipeg, but everywhere, just voicing their opinion nonstop on every single thing that exists. And it's like, I just don't need to hear sports reporters opinions on everything. It's just, it's nauseating. And so like, when people, people have now been just absolutely bombarded with like, you know, reporters opinions on Twitter, where, you know, where you don't write that way. Like that's not my job. My job isn't to be the moral compass for everybody. My job is to write a story based on what someone is sharing with me. This Paul Stastny's interview or that story was in the sports section because people care about what the Winnipeg Jets do. It wasn't on a one. It wasn't sitting there. You know what I mean? Sports fans want to know, you know, supporters want to know about the people that are on the ice and their opinions. And like, you know, it's one, it's great when you can dig into their, their past and talk about how, you know, 
you know, they hated losing as a kid. And this is what, you know, mom and dad say about them. Well, this is another element of that. People want to know who these people are outside of the rink. And my job isn't to say, hey, man, that's stupid that you listen to Fox News or you listen to, you know, or you read both sides of the spectrum. Like, you know, we get in, we're getting in this world where it's like, I just find it just exhausting on Twitter where it's like, I got to give my opinion on every single thing. Like, I'm just a human <laughs> being, too. I'm here to listen, ask questions and write stories that are, you know, that are balanced and weighted in that respect, not spewing my opinion. And if for some reason I write a story like this, I find myself on whatever end, like, you don't know me. Like, this, you're not supposed to know me in this story. This, I'm not supposed to be part of this story. I'm supposed to explain it. And I think a lot of the times things get blurred from, you know, sports fans and just people in general that like, you know, people who are opining on everything and, you know, on, on Twitter, all of a sudden that needs to seep into your story. Well, no, that's not the case. And in fact, that's not journalism. That's in a lot of ways can be irresponsible. Hey, let me ask you this just before we move on from this, but I do have one question and I'm interested in this and I'm sure some other people are. You're the big J, Giorno. I am a guy that, uh, you know, fires off hot takes and cracks jokes and has fun on, uh, I'm a YouTuber, in fact, actually, Jeff. Um, The fact that this was an anonymous donation originally that was, you know, supposed to be that, and I guess like this thing got hacked or whatever, and then it got put out to expose everyone there. Was there all any issue with that? Like, does that... eh, does that give you pause or, or, or was, it, was that an issue, I guess, when you decided as to how to ask for this or go into that? Does that change anything? Yeah, a little bit. Like, and that's why I, but here's the thing, like I said off the top, like I don't have any expectation. I'm not demanding or banging down the doors uh, of the Jets and being like, you need to answer for this, you know, or you need to do this. I just gave the opportunity, you know, you'll look at my. And he took my, it and he took and he it. Took I mean, it. That's and not... they took it. And, and I mean, I think again, I think there's an understanding that, you know, if you don't address it, um, first of all, you might want to address it. Um, Two, you know, if you don't address it, you're probably going to, you know, it's probably going to get brought up somewhere or, and when you don't address it, I think people think you let opinions run wild, right? I mean, people, people just assume, you know, that, that, you know, that that if you support the trucker convoy that you, you know, you're a right wing extremist and all these things. And I'm sure that they read a bunch of stuff online and the disappointment, again, I don't know necessarily if people, you know, people read that and change their opinion or if they, if it's worse or, or whatever it is, but I think it's, yeah. Like, I mean, does it give me pause? Sure. I mean, it's different than, than the Kevin Shevel day off stuff, right. With the whole Blackhawk sexual assault scandal. That's something I'm a lot more educated in. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's certain things about that where I do think you need to be, res- there's a responsibility and accountability there. Um, whereas this one was a bit different. So yeah. Did it give me pause to, to, you know, to approach it or write the story. Sure. But I also, you know, like I said, I, I didn't demand anything and, and it is what it is. I Everyone mean, in the chat talk. just wants to know more about the farting habits of the jets that you brought up at the beginning of the, uh, the program, Jeff Hamilton, the free press is with us. Go. Um, yeah. let's move on. I mean, last night's game was absolutely bananas. Um, it started off with, I mean, a moment that I don't think anyone was at the building or watching it will ever forget with the Ukrainian anthem. And uh, I mean, what a ridiculous roller coaster! Four, uh, four, zero, four, four, an eight-four win. Um, uh, just quickly before we look ahead to Dallas, um, I am of the opinion that you know whatever happened with the quote-unquote fight between uh, Weidman and, and Shifley was whatever. Um, 
but that his gesture at the end, while maybe self-depreciating or well-intentioned or just sort of fun, um, was gas on this fire. We heard from Josh Anderson afterwards, and I think this is less put to bed now than it was at any point in last night's game until that fight happened. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, I, I don't think that a team loves, you know, like Toronto's certainly going to remember Logan Stanley throwing his hands in the air. Like, it's just, you remember those things as, as, as opponents. I mean, those are, whether you're at the NHL level or, or lower, I mean, those are things that kind of stick out. You know, it's funny, Huss, because I kind of, I didn't really get the whole, you know, I've, you know, pl- playing sports before, I mean, there's the kind of stuff where like, you know, you get in a fight, and if you don't get the best out of the guy, then, you know, you maybe wait for next game. I didn't really think much about about that hit um, and retribution from Montreal hanging into this one. And, and maybe that, you know, maybe that's just on me. But I felt like, but then when I started to think about it more, you know, obviously Mark did not see anything wrong with his hit. So there was really no apology afterwards. There was, you know, in fact, he was, he was quite, uh, defiant in his, you know, in, in his meeting with the, the, with, with the NHL and, and, you know, pretty much showed up to that meeting being like, well, what am I doing here? Like, like, are we really going to like, is this really suspendable? And yeah, so he didn't show much remorse. So I thought maybe there would be something there, but you know, it's behind both teams. I mean, Montreal has a ton to figure out this season and, and the jets obviously have, you know, the Hill in front of them. And, and I, I thought maybe, because both teams would be emotional for different reasons, just what's going on this year, uh, that that something might happen. I didn't think it'd be Mark Scheifele fighting. I thought, hey, maybe Ben Sherratt and Blake Wheeler would go. You know, they went and practice one time. Maybe they'd go in a game. Um, but, you know, I, so when, when that all went down, I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of remember and, and maybe there will be more to it. But it won't be because Mark Scheifele, you know, Mark Scheifele, uh, you know, uh, blasted uh, Jake Evans uh, on that hit. It will be because he fought Weidman, who's 5'9", and he's 6'3". So, you know, I, I think it'd be more of like, okay, fight someone your own size before you start kind of cheering up the crowd in a fight that literally lasted, like, what did it last? Three seconds before he was on on the ground? Like, oh, that was, wasn't like, even, was a even a fight. If, like, if, like, if that it, happens in the second period, they're getting two minutes for roughing. Getting, oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I just felt like it was a bit of an overreaction from Mark because you didn't win it. Well, that's um, why I thought it was almost joking. I thought well, it was sort of sheepishly going, oh, yeah, yeah like so this like, going off, and, and he so said like, afterwards. I think you're just more or less pissed off if you're the haves because this guy seems to be celebrating a fight that was a not against the guy really his size and b celebrating off there like he just dusted him you know what i mean so it's yeah that's you're right you have the whole first of all you have the playoff series and we all know what playoff series do for teams they create these rivalries whether you know so you have that already now you have this piece to the puzzle this this they're going to play again this year and you can almost guarantee there's going to be retribution this time based well, Josh on Anderson, the show voting. Josh Anderson said after the game, they weren't like it. And it's a good thing that they play each other again later on this season. Oh, for um, sure. For something that, you know, that no one wanted to have any part of. And the fact of the matter is, I don't think that Habs did either. I mean, the guy that stepped to Shifley was Chris Weideman, who, as you mentioned, is 5'9". 
The dude was not even on the Habs last year during the playoff series. It was one of the more curious things, and maybe I'm sure they were having a We've few seen that days. before in the past, though. It doesn't really matter who you know who was on that team and then it's who's on that team now and who's willing to kind of stick up but and i mean at the time too montreal was losing they needed a bit of a they were pissed off you know what i mean like if 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 montreal is up two goals in that game then it's not then then that's probably not happening or or it's being instigated by mark you know so i, I you know yeah I, but you know what? Great. I'd like to see more drama because a lot of the times these games don't get the, the buildup that, that you want out of them. And, you know, hopefully Jets are still playing meaningful hockey when this, these two teams make meet again. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, I mean, three more massive games are moving up a couple weight classes over these next three. Dallas uh, must win game in the division. Their last chance to go at it against the uh, the stars for the season. And then uh, the Rangers and Tampa coming up. Um, listen, Hammer, great stuff. Always appreciate your frankness, your honesty. And uh, keep up the great work in the Winnipeg Free Press. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, always a pleasure. Th- shout out to the, the commenters. Maybe we'll talk sports and not as much my job next time I'm on, but we'll uh, enjoy it. I enjoy I've every got bit some, of it. I've got some great ideas for some future articles for you. I'll send you an email some uh, all, all across the board. That, 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 that doesn't go just for you. Anybody else, you got story ideas, send them my way. Be All kind. right, beat it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> there it is, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, uh, really looking forward to this next segment. Uh, but first up, a big cheers to our friends over at Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg's favorite local beer. Over five years here in the city down at their amazing spot on William Avenue. If you haven't popped down there uh, to uh, try some pints of your favorite little brown jugs, what are you waiting for? And while you're there, you can grab the great 1919, the Anniversary Brute IPA, the little brown jug double, which is so popular at this time of year. Heck, try a bunch of them in the winter variety pack. Now, you can get it downtown on William Avenue at Little Brown Jug HQ at the brewery and tap room. You can grab it at your local beer store, liquor marts as well, or uh, grab a 1919 the next time you're at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. Don't forget, Little Brown Jug does deliver Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Go online to littlebrownjug.ca, get your order, and get it delivered to you. Um, hey, Briar gets going tomorrow. Mentioned Colton Lott's been added to the Buffalo Boys and Team Manitoba. Mike McEwen and his rank looking to get to the top of Canadian men's curling. And of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of Team McEwen. In addition to being a great sponsor of curling and a supporter of the sport, and of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto two local locations or you can shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com and uh great night last night popped into boston pizza at city place afterwards for a couple to see what else was going on in the national hockey league bp is always the place to go for the big game if you don't have a ticket pop down enjoy those gourmet pizzas boston's wings ice cold schooners and more of course, Jets going at it with Dallas. And if you're not in the building, Boston Pizza is your next best spot. But you can always order the great taste of BP by going online to bostonpizza.com. All right, we're going to talk a little moose right now. A guy that made a lot of news and uh, certainly spent a lot of time on your Twitter and Instagram feeds on the weekend joins us now. He was the walk-off hero from the big win over their rival Chicago Wolves on Sunday afternoon. Moose leading goal scorer Jeff Malott joins us now. Jeff, what's going on? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. 
Good. It's going great. Listen, we'll talk about Sunday in a minute, but um, I mean, uh, first off, I mean, this is the first time we've had you on the program. You're having another great, great season. How are you enjoying being a member of the Manitoba Moose and uh, cutting your teeth as a pro here in the peg? Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a great start. I mean, uh, it's nice to nice to stay in Canada. I'm from Toronto originally, so it's nice to nice to stay north of the border for sure to start my career. But uh, also, just a great place to play. I mean, there's so much support from uh, from the city and. You know, I've really been enjoying the uh, the coaching staff here. So it's been an awesome uh, year and a half so far. Let's, let's take back. I mean, you mentioned that uh, you are Canadian. I believe what from uh, the uh, the Burlington area. Um, yeah. But you played junior out in Brooks and then um, ended up, um, you know, doing four years at, uh, you know, a really prestigious university in Cornell. Fill us a little bit on your backstory, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. So I started junior, uh, my first year of junior B in uh, Ontario in the, in the uh, GOJHL and ended up uh, playing junior for two years in Alberta and uh played for the brooks band it's a great program there and and uh, really learned a lot and and ended up uh earning a spot at cornell university for four years and uh i think you know that's a pretty historic program there and i think they uh did a great job of getting me ready for pro hockey so uh lucky enough to land a spot here in manitoba well tell us about the move to alberta i mean uh, there's no shortage of places to play in ontario what was uh, what was it that got you out to brooks yeah, uh, I honestly, I didn't know much about the program when uh, they started recruiting. Um, they kind of had to fill me in and get me familiar with Alberta hockey just because, yeah, I mean, being from Ontario, you kind of think that, you know, hockey in Canada kind of revolves around the Toronto area, the GTA. So, you don't say. Yeah, yeah. So so it was uh, it was a, a bit of a bit of a learning curve to kind of figure out what uh, Alberta hockey was all about. But I mean, uh, they did a great job in the recruiting process and kind of let me know about their success and and how many uh, Division One commits they had had uh, in their program in recent years. And, you know, it just sounded like uh, a great setup for me. And, uh, you know, I was really happy I made the move. Was that the goal at the time? I mean, you wanted to get to the NCAA and uh, use your hockey to, uh, you know, be able to, uh, you know, play and earn a scholarship? Because uh, obviously, if you go to the OHL or the Western Hockey League, that isn't an option. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing was kind of buying a couple more years to develop. Um, I'm a bit of a, a late bloomer and I didn't really grow till, you know, a little later in my minor hockey career. So it was nice to to look at college as an opportunity to kind of buy, you know, four more years and and enter pro at, you know, uh, 22 instead of trying to crack it at, you know, 19, 20 years old. Uh, how'd you end up last year with the Moose? Uh, as in, how did I, how did I, uh, land with the moose or, or how did the year go? Yeah. First of all, how did you land with the moose? I mean, uh, what came, I mean, you played a few games in the East coast league, but then came here and, you know, scored 14 goals, had a great, you know, rookie pro season. Um, but you know, probably, you know, you finished college and you know, you're, uh, an undrafted player. You've got a lot of options. Um, how did it come about? Yeah. Uh, it was weird. It was, uh, right when COVID hit, our, our season was cut short. And so there wasn't really a, you know, a big emphasis on on landing free agents just because teams wanted to know what what they were up to next year and and weren't so uh, focused on on, you know, getting guys out of college. They were, they were more concerned with their season. So, uh, I mean, I was I was lucky to uh, get in contact with uh, Craig Heisinger. And, um, you know, I think once I saw that opportunity come about and, uh, you know, not very many uh, opportunities arise because of covid uh i think i i just kind of jumped on it right away and uh you know everything i'd heard about the moose as an organization was you know was was uh was so positive and uh i'd heard how well they treated guys here how well they you know focused on development and uh how great of a city it is to play in so i think yeah basically as soon as as soon as the opportunity was uh was offered i, I kind of jumped all over it 
Well, and of course, you parlayed that into a uh, a two-way deal, you know, signing with the National Hockey League Club. And, and it's got to be interesting. I mean, I'll, full disclosure, I, mean, I was one of the first employees with the Moose back in the late 90s, spent a lot of time with the club. But, you know, it was a very different time then. Uh, you know, it was the International Hockey League. Then it was the American League. But we were the affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, now the National Hockey League team is just down the uh, just down the hallway in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, tell us about, you know, signing that that deal. But, you know, also knowing that, you know, you're there. It's been a crazy season. I mean, you're always one step away from the National Hockey League. And how you know, has that been better for you? I mean, if you're in the American League to be there, you know, within the organization and such close contact with people that can hopefully help you, uh, you know, advance as a pro. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just the just being in the same city offers, you know, a whole nother level of exposure. And there's, there's always people in the building that are, that are watching. So I think that was definitely a, a, a big bonus for me. And, um, you know, something that, that uh, a lot of people really appreciate when, uh, when they get a chance to be a part of this organization. So uh, let's talk about this season. Um, it, it has been nuts. And I mean, you know, the Moose are much like so many teams in both the American hockey league and the trickle down goes down to the East coast league where, you know, you've got like 90% of the national hockey league at some point getting COVID probably the same thing, you know, in the American league as well. And at times, you know, half the team is no longer part of your team and you're introducing yourself to guys in pregame warmups. And yet through all of this, um, you guys have continued to be, you know, one of the top teams uh, in, in the conference right now. Uh, how have you done it? And what's the season been like for you and your teammates? Yeah, it's it's been wild. It's uh, it's been up and down so much. And, and uh, you know, so many, you know, um, guys coming in and doing a great job of, of filling uh, filling spots. And, and you know, it's it's so hard to to predict what next week will look like. Or, you know, there have been times in the season where you didn't know what tomorrow would look like just because, yeah, so many, so many changing parts, but we've had, uh, we've had a bunch of guys come in and we've been really, really fortunate that they've been, uh, big contributors for us. And, you know, I think one of the things that, uh, that made us a really good team last year was how close we were and, and kind of how welcoming everybody was. And I think that has led really well into this year and allowed us to, you know, make sure everybody is, uh, up to speed right away. And everybody knows that, uh, whether they're there for, you know, a couple of days or a couple of games or, or they're there to, to help out for the remainder of the season. I mean, everybody I think feels welcome and, and feels valued. And I think that's uh, another reason why we kind of have been able to uh, manage this, this crazy whirlwind season with, with so many changing parts. Well, I mean, there's been so many different players that have stepped up over the course of the year. And, uh, you know, I think about a guy like, you know, uh, Phil DeRogier who came in or an Evan Cormier came in as well playing goal. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty important position. These guys yeah. coming in, hi, nice to meet you and go out and put, you know, put big, uh, big wins together. Um, yeah. and, and tell us about the coaching staff as well. I mean, Mark Morrison's back with the organization his first year as head coach. Um, uh, how have you enjoyed playing for him and uh, how's that helping you uh, continue on? Yeah, Mo has been, he's been great. I mean, uh, he's such an even keel uh, presence in our locker room and, and uh, you know, he's done such a good job of, of understanding that there's these moving parts and, and uh, you know, how unpredictable everything has been. He's, he's kind of been our, uh, our backbone this year in terms of just keeping us focused and making sure we're ready to kind of adapt on, on the fly. Uh, one thing he's just been preaching all year is just making sure everybody's prepared no matter what the, what the scenario is, because I mean, you could be a, a left winger on the third line one day and next day you're a first line right winger. And it's like, you're kind of doing this juggling act, trying to, you know, just, just uh, be ready for anything. And, and Mo's done a great job of making sure everybody's up to speed. And uh, you know, I think he's been a huge part of uh, the success we've had this year for sure. 
Uh, you uh, continue to lead the team with 14 goals. Um, uh, tell people in. I mean, uh, who? I mean, I know it's been as we've just talked about. There's been a lot of different dudes in and out of the lineup. But uh, who uh, who have you been playing with uh, the most right now? And um, uh, who are you most familiar with amongst uh, line mates? Yeah, right now I'm I'm really fortunate to have uh, David Gustafson back uh, with the Moose for a little while. Um, we played together all last year, and and uh, him and I seem to have you know just some some natural chemistry and. Um, I definitely benefited off of uh, getting to play my first year pro with him. He's just such a, a stable, consistent presence, and he's good in all three zones and all scenarios. And he's got experience in the National League as well. He's he's somebody who uh, really you know sets the bar in terms of compete level and consistency on our team. And um, you know I'm lucky to have Dave back for the last. I think we've played maybe the last five games or so together. But uh, Dave's been awesome to to play with this year. And then uh, as of recently, uh, Mikey Asimon has been been with us, and we've been finding some uh, you know some good chemistry as well. So I think um, I mean yeah, it, it's been changing every week, and everybody's getting to play with with everyone else. But uh, again, I think it's just a matter of guys being ready to jump in there and contribute any way they can. And uh, it's been working well for us, I guess. Jeff Malata, the Manitoba Moose, is with us uh, here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, fun weekend uh, with a couple of the afternoon games against the Chicago Wolves. And uh, back at it Thursday against the Rockford Ice Hogs. And then a 2 o'clock game, uh, which I believe is the Autism Awareness game. And we'll have some tickets for that, which we'll give away uh, heading into the weekend here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But that's a 2 o'clock game, Manitoba hosting Rockford. Um, you uh, you turn a lot of heads on Sunday afternoon, finishing off the Wolves. And I can say that as a longtime Moose guy, there's no better rivalry than Chicago. So if anyone was going to do that, do it against the Wolves. Um, let's just play this right now for folks that are watching on YouTube. Many, maybe some people maybe missed it. Uh, this is the uh, the walk off shootout winner by Jeff Malott from Sunday afternoon. Jeff Malott wanted it overtime on. Here's one more view of it. <laughs> All right. I laughed so hard uh, watching this, and um, a lot of people really enjoyed it. Uh, was this a spur of the moment decision, or did you realize, hey, if we can end this right now, we've got plans, we've got places to go? I'm out of here to take us back to Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was it wasn't premeditated or anything. We I played uh, when I played junior B in in Ontario. Uh, my first year junior, we had a we had an assistant coach, Mark Johnson, who used to always say, "If we if we seal the deal in overtime, we're getting out of here." And we just get out of there as quick as possible. And and uh, I mean, I think we might have done it once or twice that year, but it wasn't premeditated or anything. I just kind of turned the corner. I saw the door open. I was like, "Ah, the guys might get a laugh out of this." So. Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, what was the reaction from the boys back when you were waiting for them in the room once they took <laughs> yeah. care of the rest of business on the ice? I know, yeah. I think uh, Johnny Kovacevic was the first one to come down, and uh, and Johnny and I are really close. We're roommates on the road, and a lot of times we're just like, you know, just kind of like have a, a good laugh together. But it was it was funny. Johnny was the first one to come down and, and, and celebrate, but I don't know. We were all just kind of laughing and guys were like, what uh, guys were kind of asking, like, again, the same questions, was it premeditated or what, but no, it's fun. It's, it's just nice in the locker room after a big win like that, because we have been struggling a little bit lately and, and uh, you know, a, a getting a win against a team like Chicago in a, in a tight, uh, tight playoff uh, race is, is something that, uh, 
you know, brought us a lot of uh, energy and we we're kind of just happy to celebrate in the locker room after. <laughs> Let's no time to no time to waste. Get to the locker room and get after it. Um, what was your phone like on Sunday night afterwards? Because this thing, uh, this thing took to the internet and was uh, was everywhere. Yeah, no, we were again. We we're kind of just laughing in the locker room, like guys. I didn't have my phone on me, and and guys from our training staff and guys from our medical staff were showing me, you know, funny pages that were getting a hold of it. But uh, guys were having a good time in the comments, you know. Uh, Guys are pretending to be fans, you know, getting mad at me for not celebrating with the guys or making up funny scenarios <laughs> and stuff. But we were just out, we were, we were out uh, having a couple of drinks and just kind of laughing about the comments and everything. It was a good time. Oh man, well, uh, listen, a big two points after a, a tough one on Saturday afternoon, and uh, I mean, Chicago's such a good team right now. I mean, a real good team for you guys to measure where you're at right now. Uh, of course, two big games against Rockford coming up on uh, Tuesday and Saturday. Fill us in on uh, how you and the team are uh, feeling heading into a couple more important games in the division. Yeah, it, it seems like everybody in the division is playing well lately. Um, I mean, this time of year, all these these wins add up and and it, they mean a lot come playoff time. But, uh, you know, Rockford's a team we haven't been able to play much uh, this season yet. So, you know, we're just preparing for them. You know, they're fast, hard team. And, and uh, I think it'll be, you know, another, another night where we'll have to play our best. And then... Uh, yeah, I think just moving forward, all these games matter just that much more. Well, Jeff, I can tell you that uh, fans of the Moose and the Jets were uh, had a great laugh. It was great to see a, a nice big win on uh, a really fun day down at the uh, at the rink last week. And um, continued success to you and the squad. We really enjoyed having you on. Uh, let's make a day. You guys clinch that playoff spot. We'll start getting the hype up for some nice crowds at the playoffs. And uh, we'd love to have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk sometime. Okay, awesome. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks so much. There's Jeff Malott, Manitoba Moose, leading goal scorer right now. And the guy that uh, was everywhere Sunday night after his walk-off shootout winner against the Chicago Wolves for the Manitoba Moose. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation. That was uh, that was great stuff with Jeff. And big thanks to our guy, Dan Fink, for helping us set that up. Don't forget, Moose tomorrow night against Rockford. And then back at it on uh, Saturday afternoon with a 2 p.m. start. That was great. Hey, uh, big thanks to our friends uh, Nick and Nikki and the Nick and Nikki DQ group. They've been with us from day one. And, you know, maybe one of our favorite sponsors of the uh, of our listeners and viewers to support because that means you're getting some of the good stuff. The amazing new burgers are featured right now at DQ. But when you think of DQ, it's synonymous with the Blizzard and the Red Velvet Cheesecake Blizzard is the uh, the hit right now at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. If you haven't tried one, why don't you do it today? Pop down to any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, both with drive throughs the DQ at Polo Park, and of course, DQ St. Anne's. DQ St. Anne's, by the way, available for delivery for folks in St. Vital on Skip the Dishes and on Uber Eats. And you can uh, follow them on Instagram and hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you would like to get a custom order in for a DQ ice cream cake that they'll have ready for you to pick up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. Uh, midweek, but you know what Friday means? It's the weekend. And you know what goes great with the weekend? Maybe even the early weekend. Thursday, maybe Wednesday, is the Great Taste of Canadian Club. Canada's favorite since 1848, featuring Canadian Club Original, Canadian Club 100% Rye, the Canadian Club 12-Year Reserve, and so much more. You can pick it up at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts, and of course, Canadian Club, a big sponsor of Winnipeg Sports Talk, and helping us, I guess we're getting the new hoodies coming in very shortly. We'll have another one to give away 
with our world-famous Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race on Friday afternoon. So make sure you're with us live on YouTube in the last half hour of the program to be eligible to win. You also have to be subscribed. So hit that red subscribe button if you're with us on YouTube and make sure you subscribe and yeah, like the episode while you're at it. Uh, we will get to Cool Bet odds in just a moment and uh, recap a big win last night for many Lock Shop and Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. But let's get Michael Remus back in here. Remo, been a great show. Tons of folks in here today enjoying the conversations. Uh, Jeff Hamilton was awesome. And uh, got to tell you, really impressed with Jeff Malott. He's been a lot of fun to watch in his two years here, starting off his pro career with the Manitoba Moose. Uh, scored more goals than anybody in a Moose uniform this year and scored maybe the most memorable goal, certainly with the most memorable celebration on Sunday. Uh, that was a great visit from Jeff for the first time on WST. Yeah, uh, only guest today named Jeff, Jeff Hamilton, Jeff Mott. Sometimes it just uh, just works. That's why out. Jamie. That's why Jamie Thomas got bumped. We uh, realized that it was it wasn't it was he it was Jeff Day. No Jamie's. He was out. Yeah, it's great. It's so great. We're you talking Jeff. Hearing his story, uh, going to Alberta, uh, then going to Cornell, then the Moose. Uh, amazing where hockey takes you. Sometimes I have you know for people on the podcast on YouTube, we have uh, their Twitter names, and his Twitter name is Fedge under or ffej underscore malot and i had no idea what that was Dota two i believe was how long maybe... did it take you for the, to to figure out that that's jeff backwards oh i had no idea until someone mentioned in chat they had just figured it out i had no idea i was like fedge what is that like fantasy football ej what is that <laughs> I, I had no idea man i wasn't i just typed it in i kept like i kept having to like i couldn't remember that it was ffej i had to keep pulling up my description over and over again where I wrote it the first time because I couldn't remember it. So. You're unbelievable. What, you, about... you knew right away that it yes. was Jeff backwards? Yeah. It, I mean, it didn't take... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I mean, it doesn't really need to, was it that need to speak to it that much was more. Was it that obvious? I had no um... idea. <laughs> hey, quickly, let's get to the cool net lines. And I see Bardot in here. I won my first ever sports bet last night. Huss, Woo! you're a bad influence. Line got his 20th goal. A beauty. Okay, let's celebrate Patrick Line for a minute. I know he's got a lot of fans here in Winnipeg that loved him playing for the Winnipeg Jets and are hoping nothing but good things for him in Columbus with the Blue Jackets, especially those of us that jumped on the worst line cool bet will give out all year. The season over under on line A goals at 19.5. Now, injuries always, you know, can, can you know, can impact those over bets. Uh, but Remo, as I said, going into the season, Patrick line A scores 20 goals in his sleep. This is as close to quote unquote free money as we'll get. And um, man, he's just been hot lately. And I'll uh, tell you what, he got to 20 and won all the tickets for everyone at the lock shop in Winnipeg sports talk with an absolute beauty last night. This guy is scoring highlight real goal after highlight real goal. He had a rough, I mean, him and Dubois both had rough years last year. You know, he bounced back and, you know, he was injured and, you know, he's injured and had to deal with the death of his father. But there he is, uh, 35 games, 20 goals, 18 assists. I thought this guy wasn't a passer, 38 points. So he's over a point per game player. And again, I mean, he toe drags a guy, snipes it in the back of the net. No one scores from distance on, you know, clean looks from a goalie uh, like this guy. His shot is incredible. And I think he will always have a lot of fans here. 
And we did have a lot of um, jersey talk in chat. I mean, there's no problem with wearing a, a Line A Jets jersey still, Huss. I mean, the guy was a legend here for a couple seasons, and uh, he's making highlights seemingly every night here. Uh, he had a red-hot February, 15 points in 10 games, 9 goals, 6 assists. So but January as well, I mean, he had 10 of 14, so he really... Heat, uh, heat it up there. Well, and, and you know what? You mentioned the passing of his father, which is just so tragic. I got a couple friends that are pretty close to the Line A family from their time in Winnipeg. And I mean, it was an absolute shock to uh, to uh, everyone. Uh, of course, Patrick went back to uh, back to Finland uh, and came back and, um, you know, is playing in, you know, an incredibly inspired, passionate um, game right now for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, um, you know, that was, uh, it was sad, so sad for, you know, a young man to lose his father at such a young age. Um, but um, he's putting a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces right now and certainly dealing with it in about as uh, best way as you can possible. And that's uh, making dad proud upstairs right now and not making a lot of fans that are backing him happy. So shout out to Patrick Line. And of course, it was the uh, lock of the century of the week yesterday on Columbus to win that game. Would have been nice to get the puck line as well. That late Zaka goal made it just 4-3, but Columbus did come through. So that was nice. Although, as I did cop to it earlier today, Remus, I'm not sure whether it was on the show or talking to you beforehand. And uh, I did also take the under in the Jets-Habs game last night, which was maybe the most dubious bet I'll make all year. Uh, it was 4 nothing that early. And then Montreal got right back into it. And the bet, well, like if you had the over in that game, you'd won it before they even got to the dressing room. So, uh, Maybe fade my over-under picks. I'm not sure, but um, nice for Columbus to get through. It was a nice night for uh, those of us going head-to-head -head with CoolBet. And um, we've got, what, four games tonight in the National Hockey League to get to over at CoolBet.com. Straight up pick them between the Blues and the Rangers. Minus 109 on both sides. Probably take a look and watch that game tonight, of course, because the Rangers are coming to town on Sunday to take on the Winnipeg Jets for their lone visit of the season here to Canada Life Center. Uh, the Sabres and Maple Leafs are going at it. No surprise, Toronto is a massive favorite, minus 417. And then this is a huge game, and I don't even know, I mean, who you're pulling for in this game. I guess LA, but uh, the Kings are in Dallas to take on the Stars. Stars will then travel to Winnipeg to take on the Winnipeg Jets on Friday afternoon. Stars are a minus 141 favorite. Dal uh, the Kings are paying plus 120 after getting rocked at home in their last game out against the Boston Bruins. And then the final game, and the Seattle Kraken could do a lot of people a lot of favors. Nashville's been struggling lately. They're a minus 185 favorite on the road. Seattle plus 156. So uh, Jet fans definitely pulling for Seattle on the out-of-town scoreboard today. I guess just by proxy, you're always cheering against a team like the Blues, but they're pretty safe. Uh, but this Kings-Stars game, Remus, when we look at the standings right now, let's just get it up into the conference side. Um, you know, the Kings right now, 65 points, sitting pretty. Dallas at 61. It's so jumped up. I guess first and foremost, just please, no three-point game. Yeah, three-point games are the worst. So um, hopefully a clean two. I don't know who we're cheering for, I guess. I, I don't know, who, who are we cheering for if we want the Jets to make the playoffs here? Is it Dallas or is it LA? Because Dallas is in your division, but they have less points than LA. Here's the thing, though. If you don't catch Dallas, you're done. Because, okay. because I mean, that still is only sixth in the division. 
I mean, catching Dallas gets you to fifth in the central and you still then need to pass the other teams. But if Dallas is ahead of you, you know, it doesn't matter. And I guess the thing with the Kings, they played a few extra games. They're 54. They're 11 games above 500 right now with 65. Mm -hmm. They're actually ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights who did finally get a win last night. Um, but it is crazy. I mean, the Wild with that loss last night to Calgary are sitting at 65, although they've only played 51 games. The Kings are 65 and 54. The Predators are 64 and 53. The Knights are 64 and 54. I mean, again, you're looking at that neighborhood of about 10 games, 11 games above 500. I think it's probably going to take at least 13 or 14 above 500 to get into that spot. And uh, the Edmonton Oilers playing well. They won last night shutting out Philly. So they're at 63 points. So, you know, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets are still sitting, what, six points back of the uh, of the final spot. I guess it does come down to it. You just don't want the three-point games. Um, uh, maybe we go for the Kings tonight and just get that loss on Dallas and maybe get a little bit closer to Dallas, hopefully, if they can get a clean win on Friday night here at home. I think so. Dallas has got two games in hand. We're playing them Friday. It would be pretty big if Dallas lost uh, the next two. So, uh, yes, I will go for, I'll cheer for the, cheer for the King. Uh, of course, you can uh, get in on the action over at coolbet.com. If uh, you're like Bardo or had never played before and want to maybe uh, try your luck in your first deposit at coolbet.com, use the promo code WST. They'll give you a 100% bonus up to $200 on your first deposit over there. Uh, you can also get in if you're like a golf golf guy like me, looking forward to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. John Rahm is the favorite for the event at 9 to 1. Um, check out yesterday's lock shop. Dusty and I went through our selections and who we're on for the Arnold Palmer. And you can get over to Cool Bet, hit the winner, top 5, top 10, top 20s. Um, and we'll have to see if my buddy P. Greggy's got a make the cut parlay. He's had a few beauties lately. Uh, but again, all that there. And yeah, search the lock shop on your favorite podcast feed or just check out our Twitter feeds, myself and Dustin Nielsen's for the latest lock shop. And we'll have another episode coming into the weekend coming up on Friday. Slower night tonight in the National Hockey League green, but, uh, you know, kind of take tonight off. Maybe hit the Moose game tomorrow night and then getting ready for that monster game with the Dallas Stars, the final head-to-head -head meeting of the season. Um, and, you know, the Jets got to overtime twice in Dallas but weren't able to win, still lost two points head-to-head. -head. You're going to need to make that up with a clean win on Friday night, and that really will be the focus for the next couple of days. Yeah, I agree. And if you do want to have some entertainment as well in Winnipeg tonight, Huss, there is a Winnipeg ice game. Ice are back. Lethbridge and Lethbridge. Shout out to Dan and Corey who entered the draw on our website and they each won a four pack of tickets. And now we do have, we'll be giving away ice tickets for, I guess, the rest of the season. But uh, I've updated the contest on our website, winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. Or go to winnipegsportstalk.com and hit the contest tab at the top and and we got four, we got a bunch of four packs of tickets for next Tuesday's game when they return home against the Calgary Hitmen. So uh, sign up with your email, you'll automatically get entered and you can do some additional stuff like uh, sharing the contest with a friend or joining our newsletter. Um, so there you go. You can get in on those tickets as well. And I'll probably end it uh, Sunday or Sunday or Monday. So a lot of time here to get in on that. Exactly. So. Yeah. WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Click on contest. Get entered. If you hit our Instagram or I get the newsletter, you can get some additional entries. 
Um, I'll tell you what, you know what, Jeff Malott was so good. I was just checking to see if we do have tickets and we do have seats for the game against the Moose and the against the Rockford Ice Hogs on Saturday afternoon. And that's the autism awareness game. Remember, we've got a second. Can we uh, can we call a quick audible and pull out the uh, the wheel of winners and yeah, uh, maybe fi fire this out? We've got a bunch of people in here. We've got a couple minutes before the end of the program. I figure this would be a good way to get out. And of course, having Jeff on the program, I know a lot of people looking forward to the Moose game. You can pick up tickets for that game tomorrow night if you want to go Thursday. But I do have a four pack of seats some great seats for Saturday afternoon's game if we want to go. Okay, let me... By we, you're referring to the chat, or did you just invite me? Uh, no, no, I think we should maybe open it up. I mean, a <laughs> okay. contest just between you and me would be a little bit anticlimactic at this okay, point, I you think. I was kind of half paying attention because I'm getting this contest ready, but I heard if we want to go, and I was like, oh, are you inviting me? Yeah, no, no. Well, you if were you speaking do want to go, the chat. we can go as well. In fact, you know what? That's what we'll do. We'll give away a pair right now. We'll give away a pair for the game. And then uh, I think we'll probably have another pair. Maybe we'll do that on uh, Friday uh, on the show. But with Jeff Malott here, we got to do a moose giveaway. Um, so what's, uh, what's it going to be? I know it's not open in the chat. If you're with us and you haven't been before, you do have to be subscribed to, to, uh, to enter. So just make sure you hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Do us a favor, hit the thumbs up as well, the uh, liking of the episode. And heck, if you're watching this afterwards, we always love seeing your comments. Uh, which you can do just below there. Uh, throw in what yeah. you uh, what you've thought of uh, of the two of Jeff and Fedge, uh, who joined us earlier today, as well as uh, your thoughts on uh, the Jets' win over the Montreal Canadiens. Um, all right, we're going to start this Bruce uh, up. So again, this is for a pair of tickets to the game on Saturday afternoon. Moose and the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, what uh, what are we doing? Is we're we doing tickets or what? Yeah, it should have just started, exclamation mark tickets, throw it in, make sure you're, what, subscribed to the channel, make sure you like the video, and uh, yeah, exclamation mark tickets, you will be in the draw, and if also, if you want ice tickets to next Tuesday's game, again, winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest so we do have a lot of we got a lot of tickets here yes. yeah exactly so yeah we'll be doing the ice tickets through the website so if you're listening on the podcast you're definitely in on that but be figured uh, maybe we'll do the other pair uh, at some point for the uh, for the weekend moose games through the website as well but for right now if you're with us and you are able to go to the moose game on saturday afternoon it's a two o'clock start put in exclamation mark tickets it is officially open right now. We'll give you a couple minutes to get those in, and then uh, we'll grab all of the names uh, and put. And be sure to stick around because if you do win, you're going to need to send us an email so we know where to email you the tickets. Uh, I'll say this, Reem. I went to the Moose game as I mentioned on Saturday. I wanted to get back on Sunday for the Cole Perfetti bobblehead game. Uh, but just had some stuff going on, of course, with the Jets playing at 3 p.m. in a do-or-die game against Arizona. Um, spent the time watching the Winnipeg Jets, but um, it's kind of nice now with the schedule, with the Jets at home on Friday and Sunday, and the Moose on Thursday and Saturday. Um, you know, we're going to have opportunities to see both teams over the course of the next four days, and then the Brent, the uh, the Winnipeg Ice come back start Tuesday and have a very busy schedule over the course of the next few weeks. I haven't had a lot of home games over the last couple months for many reasons. Yeah, the whole ice schedule got messed up. I do want to give a shout out. Uh, I might have mentioned this yesterday. No more afternoon games for um, for the Jets. 
it's amazing. No more weekend afternoon games. I can watch every evening. So that is uh, that is spectacular. You got it. Uh, oh, I just got a tweet from my uh, text from my buddy David Lowe. Dave, if you're watching, thinking about you, pal. Hope you're getting better. Uh, he was quite fired up about the line A over. Thought maybe it wouldn't happen when he got er got injured earlier this season. Not so much. Liney's in for 20. Everyone's catching the tickets. All right. Last call right now. We'll give you a 10, 9. It's exclamation mark tickets. If you can go to the game Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. downtown, Moose and Rockford Ice Hogs, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right, Remo. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Let's see who wants to go to the Moose game, and we will spin the Winnipeg Sports Talk Wheel of Winners for uh, a pair of tickets for the game. And, uh, oh, man, that was awesome to get Jeff Malad on. Really well-spoken young man. And um, you know, maybe not surprising, he did four years at Cornell. Um, but, man, what a uh, what a walk-off he had on uh, Sunday afternoon. Hopefully you can get uh, maybe another viral moment from the game coming up on Sunday. Uh, how's, how's the wheel looking right now, Reem? I'm getting it set up. I got to paste, gotta paste the names out of this program. That gathers them all and we'll toss it into a into the thing. So sorry here. Here I am. Hey, while you get that up, shout out Raptors big win yesterday against the Brooklyn Nets. They continue to hang in there in the playoff race in the Eastern Conference. Another loss for the Lakers right now. Like I'll be honest, I haven't paid as much attention to the NBA so far this year. I really don't, you know, it's seemingly when football ends. I'll start paying closer attention, but so often you sort of know who the who the top teams are, what's going on, and you know you sort of you know focus in closer to the playoffs. It is just crazy right now. The Los Angeles Lakers are twenty seven and thirty four. Yeah, they they're suck. in ninth spot right now. And remember how LeBron hated the play in last year, thought it was a waste of time and was unfair. He's probably liking it right now because if they didn't have the play in right now, they wouldn't even be in a position to make the playoffs and they're four and a half games out of eighth spot right now where the Clippers are absolutely crazy. And they've had some embarrassing losses lately. Um, not going well for LeBron and the gang down in, uh, down in Hollywood. No, I know Anthony Davis has been injured on and off and he's on, uh, on the injured list again, because I have him in fantasy, but uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, they acquired him. Uh, he probably is not good now. So can't shoot big, anymore. Disaster season for the for the Lakers, and I see uh, waiters writing what MLB should be on banned words. Yeah, we're not talking about it. Yeah, no, they can't. They Screw cancel them. games. That's that's all they're going to mention. They're going to get. If you just want to see Remus lose his mind, getting get angry, uh, me get pissed off as well, and go on a yeah. rant. Yeah, then we'll bring up Major League it's Baseball. A, but they our, can screw themselves. They yeah, okay. Now I'm just getting pissed off. Thinking yeah, stop. About it. Just stop. We posted a video on our Instagram today. Uh, we do like a reel a day of us talking about it. That's all you're gonna get from us. It's on our TikTok too. Follow us on on TikTok. And um, actually, Andrew Collier, the GM of the Gold Eyes, he commented, Does "This mean the Gold Eyes are banned too?" Asking for me. Definitely not. Yes. 100% not. Gold eyes are in. And you know what? Baseball is a great sport. Major League Baseball can screw themselves if they're going to miss part of this season. But independent baseball and the gold eyes is something that uh, I think everyone cannot wait to get going again here in Winnipeg after a couple really miserable lost seasons. Um, you know, I think, you know, fingers crossed, we'll uh, have open stadiums, no um, capacity limits, no masks. 
I mean, just sitting outside enjoying a game, a hot dog, a beer, the way it's supposed to be. And uh, obviously, Gold Eyes with uh, new unis as well coming up this year. Hey, just one more quick thing on the NBA before we do it. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are not an embarrassment anymore. 34 and 29. They won last night. They're actually in seventh spot right now in the West. And for one of the worst franchises in NBA history, They've got a six-game lead on the L.A. Lakers right now, and uh, you know maybe it's finally coming around for those long-suffering fans in the Twin Cities of the T-Wolves. Did you hear that A-Rod was uh, doing some work with them? I saw him hanging around uh, Minnesota trying to turn around the T-Wolves. So. Yeah, I think he... Doesn't he have a piece of the team? I have... I, yeah, I, I, th- I, I think I think, he's, so. I think that's why. I think he's involved in somewhat of the ownership group. Anyways, let's get to it. We got a pair of moose tickets. Uh, let's fire up the wor- uh, the uh, wheel of winners and we'll send out if you do win this um, you know whatever just let us know you're here in the chat uh, once it's done but you can send us an email to Winnipeg Sports Talk at gmail.com and uh, we'll uh, make sure we get the tickets to you uh, alright Remo let's uh, take it away alright we got the wheel bunch of people in here interested two tickets we'll give them away I'm going to spin it, okay? Are you ready for this one? Let's make it happen. Moose tickets, Saturday afternoon, Autism Awareness Day, 2 p.m., Rockford, Ice Hogs. Let's go. Always enjoy the wheel. We have... Is that Corey H? I believe Corey H. That is Corey H. Corey Hain, former teen, teen star back in the day, licensed to drive, Goonies. I'm, I'm not sure whether it's Corey Hain, but Corey H, congratulations. Nicely done. Um, so, Corey, do us a favor. Send us an email at uh, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. I'll send you those tickets, and maybe we'll see you Saturday afternoon uh, to see the Moose take on the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, very fun show today. Oh, I did mention we were hoping to have Dale Weiss on today, and it would have been a great day considering the Jets and the Habs played. Uh, I have been texting with Dale. He has some interesting thoughts on what happened last night. Dale is going to join us on Friday's program. Um, we'll have uh, Kenny join us as well. And uh, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. That'll be the one time we probably break away from the baseball ban or the Major League Baseball ban to get Hacksaw's take on all of it. And uh, man, tomorrow's going to be a great show, Reem. Uh, Murata Tesh will join us, hoping to maybe get Travis Yost on. And uh, Andrew Harris, it's hard for me to even say this, former bomber Andrew Harris, but uh, bomber legend Andrew Harris, now with the Toronto Argonauts, is going to join us for the first time since signing his contract with the Argos, and uh, that'll be tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear uh, what he's up to, you know, hear about uh, signing with the Argos. We did see him, like, front row, glass seats at a Leafs game. Like, is he going to be a Leafs fan Yeah, with Dinwizzle. What's, what what's that all about? Um, so I'm, I'm curious about that one, as you're going to have to ask him. Yeah. I mean, so anyways, that's going to be great to catch up with Andrew Harris. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll also have Murata Tesh on. We'll have uh, more on the National Hockey League, uh, as well as uh, the latest from Jets practice. Maybe some updates. We'll get a little more information on Nikolai Ehlers, see how things are progressing from him, uh, and then some coach news and notes as well on tomorrow's show. Um, man, this has been a great, great show. Thanks to everyone who joined us today live on YouTube. Thanks to everyone who's listening to the podcast. And, uh, of course, the entire gang in the chat. Some uh, some great hilarity today on the program. Uh, we can't do it without our sponsors. Thank you to them. F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, 
Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and Cool Bet Canada. By the way, Rob Somerville, I believe, earlier was asking uh, about the Briar. And yes, it does start on Friday and was asking if we can maybe talk about some of the teams that they're going to be playing. Let me try and get a guest for the Briar in the next couple days. Um, and definitely, depending on how the schedule looks, We'll hook up with the uh, the team of and boys, try and get Reed on. And we're planning on having Colton Lott to talk about the event. And now he's playing for Manitoba as a fill-in for Colin Hodgson. So um, we will do a last-minute Briar Primer tomorrow. And just as a heads up, after tomorrow's show, I'll be jumping on the Cool Bet Canada podcast with Chris Abbott and Patrick Guire and the guys. And we'll do sort of a last call Briar conversation before it gets going. But you can go to Cool Bet. All the odds are up for the Briar. Uh, and uh, as I said, I like Brad Jacobs, plus 330. Pretty good number right now. Kind of fading Brad Gushu, who is the favorite after uh, the emotional run in Beijing uh, for it. Um, but anyways, all that's tomorrow and Friday as we continue the week. And then Friday night, huge game, Winnipeg Jets and the Dallas Stars. Thank you to Jeff Hamilton for joining us. Thanks to Mr. Walkoff, lights out himself, Jeff Malott from the Manitoba Moose and everyone who joined us today on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow at one o'clock right here on YouTube and a little later on in the afternoon for you podcast listeners. Have a great one. And thanks for joining us. Oh my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.